My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I am joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 166, it's the WWE Network Review. Hi, but before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. And this is quite nice, I mean, I read the words to this, and I never thought it would be this, so let me just read out the words quickly. Sunny day, sweeping the clouds away, on my way to where the air is sweet. Can you tell me how to get Dan... How to get to Sesame Street. See, I thought that was quite cute. Come and play A-OK. Friendly neighbours there, that's where we meet. Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Sesame Street? La, 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 la. you got to love a bit of Sesame Street. So, that was the alternate intro, and now the intro. Every month, we review the latest content on the WWE Network, including new shows, 205 live shows, and eight. But first, it's new collections. Yes, yeah, so it is July collections. We start off with Women's Evolution. Experience the trailblazing journey that is the WWE's Women Evolution. From groundbreaking W Hall of Fame pioneers Wendy Richter and Alanda Blaze, to the actually there is Trish Stratus, Lita and Jacqueline, all the way up to the modern day superstar, like AJ Lee, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, and the baddest woman on the planet, Oscar. These women broke from convention and stirred the movement, shattered glass ceilings with historic first ever matches, forgotten rarities and dramatic championship bouts, and marvel at how all these empowering women have shaped the landscape of WWE today. Now, you know, we talk about the, the women's evolution and, you know, give or take the good and bad things about it, I think the women have a much more prominent position now than they ever have been, and whether that be marketing or not, I think it, it's a good thing, Dan. You know what I mean by that? Like, it is, yeah. Um, I, they've kind of earned the position they're in at the moment. Yeah, and it's good to look back at the history. Like we say, maybe women weren't treated right back in the day, and even up until Paige and AJ Lee, and now it's kind of changed. And that's all great. And like I said, a plethora of matches for anyone that want to watch them, from Fabulous Moolah, like we say, all up to Charlotte and Sasha Banks. But the uh, next collection, Dan? The next collection is Jeff Jarrett, Ain't He Great? And that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. And the Jeff Jarrett collection is climbing up the charts. Relive Double J's greatest hits as he takes centre stage with headliners such as Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Bret Hart, The Undertaker, Ric Flair and many, many more. 
Go backstage and hear from the six-time Intercontinental Champion himself as he grants his audience all access with interviews exclusively for the WWE Network. Music City's own struts his way from a genuine country star to the chosen one to WWE Hall of Famer. And this is the thing we talked about, Jeff Jarrett, how much he has done. And one thing we wanted was that kind of commentary on the match and Jeff Jarrett provides leads in a, in a couple of encounters. The In Your House match with Shawn Michaels is a match we've seen on this podcast, which is a choice affair. Now, there's those, those other things that you can see on there. The Good Housekeeping match with China. And, of course, don't forget his four, counting four WCW World Heavyweight title reigns as well. You can see the matches on that collection. We've also got new classic content for July 2018. Explore over 50 new hours of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling with the newest on-demand offering only on the network. See WWE Hall of Famer like Ric Flair, Sergeant Slaughter, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Rowdy Roddy Piper as they heat up the Carolinas and fill arenas such as Greenboro, Greensboro Coliseum. Enjoy a small taste of later offering with this new classic content collection featuring 10 memorable episodes from 1983 to 1985. And we've got some word of collections coming in August, and that is the Chris Jericho collection and the Miz collection, which I'm sure you'll be excited to see. I'm sure the Miz collection will be awesome. So we move on to new content, and WWE 24 series, a series I absolutely love, had a new episode June 17th, 2018. It's the Hardys Woken. Now, I was going through of this whole program like we have done before, but I think we just do a discussion about the Hardy Boys, because this... We obviously know where the Hardy Boys come from. You know, growing up in North Carolina and on the trampoline, practicing B-wrestling and their early career. But this focuses more on the kind of the, the hard times with the kind of drug issues that Jeff, Jar- uh, Jeff, Jarrett, <laughs> Jeff Hardy's had. And, of course, with Matt Hardy. And it's something that's not been seen. But what are your thoughts of the Hardy Boys? I know we talked about it, but, like, they're kind of, since they've come back to the WWE and their time in TNA, you know, how do you rate that? Because this is kind of what it's more focused on. Um, I think they're absolutely great. You know, I, lo- I I absolutely love Jeff Hardy's fan interaction when we saw them live. You know, Jeff Hardy was probably the only one that went out of his skin to kind of go and, you know, have a little meet and greet. I know it was just going up, giving him bits of his rag or shirt, whatever it is he has, but it's giving something back to the fans that pay his wages and not one single other star made that kind of effort on the way back. You know, they was giving high fives and that, but Jeff... He went down both sides of the aisle. He, you know, he shook hands, even though he was carrying an injury as well. Yeah. I think it's a shame for Jeff Hardy that with the actual opportunities that he had, you know, he could have been so much more. If you look at the kind of 2003 dismissal of him with the, the kind of drug issues, and even when he became WWE champion in you know, 2008, 2009, and that time, it kind of, he could have been so much more. And would he get another chance at this time with the amount of uh, kind of injuries that he sustained and everything else? It'll be interesting to see, wouldn't it, you know, with uh, the Hardy boys. Matt Hardy, on the other hand, I think he's got his shit together now. As we see, he went through a few problems. Let's not forget the whole kind of leap and edge thing and everything that he went through there. But now, and this is what they talk about, the kind of the broken character, now the the woken character, Matt Hardy, kind of saved his career. And it's incredible we do see Impact Wrestling as well in this one, which um, I, I think is a, is a good thing to see on the network, you know? It is indeed, Jess. Um <clears throat> I think leaving WWE has benefited Jeff more than uh, has benefited Matt more than it has Jeff. Especially, you know, getting a chance to develop and come up with his whole broken slash woken kind of character as well. I don't think it's it's 
quite reached what it should have, though. No, no, I don't think, and I think this is the WWE's fault for dropping a ball in a character. But I think Matt Hardy, like you said, it's it's important. People like Cody Rhodes and even Drew McIntyre can realise if you, you go out on the independent scene, it's not over and done with. If you create a new character for yourself, if you're saying a little bit different rather than just being an ex-WWE wrestler, then you'll get a chance to be re-signed again. You know, like I said, Matt Hardy reinvented himself. That character can be a main event if he wants to. Uh, so that was the WWE 24. I mean, it's a great worthwhile watch. And another one is the WWE Hidden Gems. Yes, and WWE Network has really decided to push the boat out for today's Hidden Gem. Just one day after Independence Day, the WWE Network has added a rare pay-per-view length Lex Express special. WWE has the video listed as having released slash aired on the 4th of July 1993, though it covers both Lex Luger's slamming of Yokozuna on the SS Intrepid that day and his subsequent countrywide tour on the Lex Express bus. This obviously means that the given date is obviously being more cute than accurate. Still, seeing a full show as a hidden gem is rather impressive and shows that the WWE Network team is openly trying some interesting things with the category. Yeah, I mean, it's great that WWE Network had more things, but also that moment itself, even I remember that kind of as a child with him slamming Yoko's in. It was one of those things uh, that is still shown to this day. It's still quite impressive, even though Lex Express wasn't if you know what i mean but uh again another good program something else to wrestle which of course is bruce pritchard's program on the w network uh focused on a few things so we'll just run through the episodes that we've missed because he's been quite controversial and it's very controversial character coming up for the last episode but first up we've had yeah so june 8th 2018 we had wwe cw and Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, they broke down the rise and fall of WWE's con- controversial and polarising in ECW. Um, June 13th, Dan? June 13th was Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson discussed the rise and impact of the phenomenal AJ Styles, who became a breakout star at TNA Wrestling. Yeah, and we talk about the Hardy Boys being featured from TNA, we're actually getting clips of AJ Styles now. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually bought the video library because the amount of talent that they could show old matches from. Then the good old Hardy Boys, June 20th, and uh, both of them looked at the highs and lows and everything in between. So that kind of fitted along with the WWE 24 series. June 27th, Bruce and Comrade go inside the big evil era of The Undertaker. Here never before told tales of the dead man in this revealing episode. Yeah, and one of those stories, Young Taker's transformation from the supernatural dead man personal, persona, 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 thank you, persona to the motorcycle riding biker American badass character in May 2000, is one of the most drastic character shifts in the company's history. The merits over the change, which were reversed four years later in a storyline with Kane at WrestleMania 20, are still debated to this by WWE fans. But in a recent episode of his Something Else to Wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard, WWE Network program, Bruce Pritchard revealed the debate around the character extended to backstage. Well, according to Pritchard, the change was an idea Untaker came up with. Look at the channel, his real-life persona, after going incredibly over the top with a dark and demonic Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. He wants to be the biker. He wants an everyday life, Pritchard said. Of course, with the volume turned up quite a bit, so there really wasn't a whole lot of, what if we did this? What if we did that? It was we're going to change that. Some that we're going to change 
that was something that he was immediately comfortable with. Yeah, Pritchard said Vincent Mann was supportive of the idea, but reportedly always intended for the original incarnation to return at some point down the road. The Phenom disagreed. Now, in the back of Vince McMahon's mind and the back of my mind was, we're all going back to the original Dead Man, Pritchard said. We're always going to go back to the original Undertaker. In Taker's mind, it was like, if we make this change, we can never go back, he continued. He felt like going to the American Badass is the new direction and we can move forward, but he can never go back. We agreed to disagree at this point because he needed to make the American Badass character work. At this point in time, it was, let's make this character the most that we can make it. Enter into the tune of Rolling by Limp Biscuit. The new persona of The Undertaker had all but eliminated the supernatural aspects of his character. He even went as far as to replace his iconic tombstone finisher with a lifting powerbomb called The Last Ride. The next episode of uh, Something Else to Wrestle With was The Rise of the Rock, which was July 4th, 2018. Talk about The Rock's breakout years and his rise to just being one of the biggest stars in the world right now. And the last episode of the show will have Bruce Pitchard and Conrad. They will, be <coughs> they will be discussing the early WWE career of CM Punk. The timeline of this podcast will be the period of 2006 through to 2008. Alternatively, you could listen to our podcast about CM Punk. During this time, it featured his running ECW and winning the world title. Yeah. Uh, since he departed from the W in 2014 after the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, fans have wanted to see Punk compete in the squared circle again. Instead, he took his talents to the world's famous Octagon in the UFC, and we all know what happened there. But we move on from the new content to 205 Live. So we're going to start with our catch-up for this, and it's June 12th, episode 81. Drake Maverick narrates a recap of last week's main event between Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy and Hideo Itami's attack, which prevented a decisive finish. To show that kind of tactic not only won't earn you a title opportunity, but flat out won't be tolerated under his leadership. Itami is barred from appearing on tonight's show. Or we'll Alan to the ring to face Murphy's training partner, Tony Nice. But first, it's our previously announced trios action. Well, Vic Joseph, Nigel McGuinness and Percy... Watson slash Jackson, welcome us to Memphis for the show. Kalisto is pushing a piñata with Drew's face taped to its head. Percy said his L mascot, Penelope Gulak. Oh, is that his sister? Yeah. <laughs> well, Dasha Fuentes interviews the Hills backstage, Gallagher and Kendrick. Talk about needing to top Lucha House Party to prove, that, to prove they're the best tag team on 205 Live. The Luchador's numbers game is now over. Gulak has enlisted two professors for his version of making the show a technical master part, vision of making the show a technical masterclass. Well, Joseph brings up Gulak and Kalaha's first friendship tournament match. He says it happened at download. It didn't. It was at the last NXT taping. And we're going to see it when all the first round matches are released online tomorrow at 2pm. Lucha House Party, Kalisto. Listerado. And Grand Metallic. 
defeated the Brian Kendrick, Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher with a pinfall via pinfall with a roll up on Dorado roll up from Dorado on Kendrick. Yeah, it was all Luch House party early on, leading to an assisted tope from Dorado onto all three of their opponents onto the floor. Gulak eventually powers Kalisto into the Hills corner, while the numbers game allows them to put in a peril. When Kalisto does get to the corner, Kendrick distracts the referee, so he misses a tag. Kalaka attacks Kalisto, while Gulak clears Metallic and Dorado off the apron with forearms. He eventually gets to the corner by battling out of a superplex, set up to send Drew to the floor, and hits a DDT on Kendrick. Metallic comes in hot, and after another tag to Dorado, they take Gallagher down for a near fall. But Gallagher breaks it up. Chaos follows. Gulak gets a hot tag with two handfuls of tights on a pin. Then Lintz hits a double. Golden rewind on Jack and Drew, setting them on the out for stereo dives by Metallic and Kalisto. Kendrick made the most of things, however, locking in the captain's hook. But Lintz hangs in there. He gets the finish when Brian readjusts to keep him away from the ropes, grabbing the tights to secure a win. Wow. So, up next, Hidera Tommy with a selfie promo. Demand respect from Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy. Maverick is watching this on his phone when Murphy barges in, demanding a shot at Tommy. Drake says Ali has asked for the same thing and neither going to get it because emotions are running too high. DM the GM can't risk and having another main event ruined. Ruined. He also gives Buddy some advice. Come to your boss with a request, not an ultimatum. We get a selfie promo from Mustafa in the locker room. He acknowledges a setback last week, but when that's, but when that he happens, but when that happens, he gets right back up. So that's what he's going to do tonight, and he hopes Buddy and Hideo are watching. Up next, Akira Tozawa defeated Steve Irby via pinfall following a top rope back senton. Irby gets in a fair amount of offence early, but this was a squash to begin with, re-establishing the former Cruiserweight champion after how he put over Itami. The announcers talk about how he, how going f- <coughs> the announcers talk about how going forward, Tazawa won't rely on anyone but himself. There's another coming soon promo for Leo Rush. He feels disrespected. W had two Cruiserweight tournaments without the belt. It's the right time and the right place, and he's the right man. Nice in the locker room and he says he knows Ali thinks he's working his way back to another title shot, but tonight is all about him making his mark. TJP selfie promo for in front of a brick wall. He's not surprised we're having another 25 live about a high profile match for him. He's going to keep hitting the weights and racking up Instagram lights. And when he goes heavyweight, Drew Maverick is gonna, Drake Maverick is going to remember him not as a man who carried the division, one who got away. Nice brings out his training partner Buddy Murphy as his second. The hills surround Mustafa, so cruiserweight champ Cedric Alexander makes his way to the ring. Murphy and Alexander head to the floor at the ref's direction so we can start the main event. So it's Mustafa Ali versus Tony Nice, and I'm a big fan of Nice, and we do like Ali, and this has been a real back-and-forth match. It looked like Ali was going to put away Nice, and Nice rolled to the outside. Cedric Miz. Oh, and Ali flipping over the referee, taking out Tony Nice. Oh, Murphy there, my man with a cheap shot to Cedric Alexander. Throws him in the ring. Alexander dodges, catches his boot, hits him with a spinning back elbow, knocks him out the ring. Alexander's going to go flying. Oh, oh. pow. Right in the kisser. Sends Murphy flying with that suicide dive. And they're still continuing the fight. Cedric chasing down Murphy. A lot of blab, bad blood, but Ali's left alone in the ring. Here comes Tony Nice now. Roll up, one, two, 
No, doesn't need it. Powers Ali up. Oh, my God. Power bombs him into the second turnbuckle. This is it. One, two. No. Ali somehow managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Tony Nese is furious. But we know about how tough Mustafa Ali is. The heart determination of a true champion at WrestleMania comes so close to defeating Cedric Alexander. I think Tony Nese must be one of the most underrated cruiserweights in the division. And now he's going to look to put Ali away. Punted him right in the midsection. Yeah, don't know. Look, he's going to might go for his running knees. Protection. He's pulled the knee pad down. He looks like a heavyweight. Fights like a cruiserweight. Here he comes. Oh, but Ali ducks out of the way. Tony Nese hits nothing but turnbuckle. Now this might be Ali's chance if he can take advantage. Springs off the second rope. Lovely tornado DDT. Plants Nice into the canvas. And he Looking felt, for his inverted 450. Yeah, I think he fell right in perfect position. Ali just making sure. 450. Here comes Ali. Oh, hits it. One, two, three. Oh. Over and done with there. Ali gets a victory. But a good back and forth between the two. After the win, Ali grabs the mic to say DM the GM said everyone would get what they want. And he knows that he, Buddy Murphy, and Hideo Tommy want to tear each other's heads off. So next week, why not make triple threat match? Well, Dasha catches up with Drake Maverick. And he makes the match. Oh, so what a main event. So we'll watch this now, June 19th, episode 82 of 205 Live. There's a video package chronicling everyone's journey to the triple threat main event starts us off. With Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness across the pond, Tom, or Todd Phillips, and Percy Watson slash Jackson are announcers in Toledo tonight. Jack Gallagher is still across in the UK, so it's just the Brian Kendrick walking Drew Gulak to the ring. As we get a recap of Lucha House Party's win, last Kalisto and Grand Metallic are out with... Lince Dorado! And Penelope Gulak, the piñata of course. LHP gets a locker room promo with Penelope who tells them to get out there and Lucha. Well, unfortunately, Drew Gulak defeated... Lince Dorado via submission with the Dragon Sleeper or the Gulak. Kendrick moved Gulak's foot to the bottom rope to save him after Dorado hit the Golden Rewind, then snapped him throat first across the bottom rope to set him up for Drew's finish. Gulak's now submitted all three members of the LHP. Drake Maverick is prepping Daniello Amphibio on how he wants the main called. Hideo Tommy enters with a high and DM the GM tells him if he has issues in the future, he needs to handle them professionally and come to him instead of running in on matches. Hideo says there won't be any problems in the future if Maverick shows him respect. Drake says respect is a two-way street and Hideo can earn it by beating two tough competitors tonight. A scene of Tony Nese hyping up Buddy Murphy in the locker room takes us to commercial. And the thing I like, I like Tony Nese. I like Buddy Murphy. I love how they're friends. Isn't that weird? We're getting a James Stable. TJ peers out with a mic, talking about the cruiser great being wasted again. He tries to interview the local enhancement guy, who he calls Palbert for Tosito, Ohio. Palbert punches TJ for disrespecting him, so he grapevines a leg and Palbert taps. He holds on for a little while, shouts to the crowd and walks out. Well, Leo Rush will debut next week, and we also... Get Kendrick, Kaiga, and Gulak versus Lucha House Party in a tag team elimination match. Backstage, Cedric Alexander offers Mustafa Ali a hand as he gets ready to head out for the main event, which is... Here we go, just about to get the action started. It's Mustafa Ali, 
Buddy Murphy and Idea Tommy. All three men looking to tie up. But I think, you know, Ali and Murphy might be on the same page here as it was Hideo Itami that interrupted their match. And I think these two guys have just realised it as they chase as they chase um, Hideo Itami out of the ring. Yeah, Murphy stops Ali from going out and he's chasing after him. Going to put a beating on him like Itami wanted to make an impact, but maybe on the wrong man. Fucking hell. Ali comes flying over the top rope and just completely wipes out both men. And now he's got hold of Hideo. I mean, you've got to think maybe the winner of this might be in line for a cruiserweight title shot. Might be too early to say, but Ali's shown a, certainly an aggressive side to him, taking down Hideo with the punches. And the time he's kind of leaked up in the cruiserweight rankings, as it was as well. Well, it just seems that no one wants to work with Akira Tozawa. <laughs> I mean, he was part of uh, Titus World Slide. Yeah. He's been teamed up with uh, Hideo Itami. And now he's just all on his own. But, can't rely on no one. No, he can't. But Itami's got a chance to finally make an impact here in WWE and 205 Live. And he won't do that if he chop in Buddy Murphy. Because Murphy was the best kept secret at 205 Live. And now he's, for me, the main man. I think I would back him if he, him and Alexander would face off. Just as Ali finds out for himself, chopping Murphy. Murphy's so built, it actually hurts Ali's arms. Now Ali running around. Come on, get Murphy's dick out of your mouth, James. No, seriously, though. Ali was struggling with his hand there. He was. Yeah. That, that was nice by Ali, though, taking down Buddy Murphy. Murphy gets the boot up. Actually, I'd suck his dick just... Yeah, I know, exactly. So Murphy gets sent all the way to the outside by Mustafa Ali. He's going to go flying again. Oh, no, he gets cut off by Itami. Big knee to the midsection. Goes for the cover. One, two... But Ali managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Not going to keep him down that easily. Well, this is the thing you've got to try to take advantage as quick as possible if uh, the opponent's outside. Murphy is at the moment. So it turns into a single match. This might be a bit of a mistake. You've got to wear out your thing, but I think higher impact moves are going to get the job done. It allows Murphy to cover on the outside. As referee's checking Ali. High back body drop there from Itami. Sees Murphy getting up on the apron, boots him off. Goes for the cover and Ali gets shoulder up at two. Two. Maybe this is uh, Itami's strategy. He knows both men are annoyed with him, so he's got to try and keep them apart. He can keep Ali maybe cut off in the ring, stop Murphy from entering. It is a good, good plan. And he's shown a little bit more personality, even though he still ain't changed his trunks. Who, hey, Itami? Yeah, Itami. You want to change it up maybe a little bit, you know. Got a bit of brown in there. Well, Ali might have a bit of brown in there now after being kicked that hard by Atami. Ali rolls the eighth and my man Buddy Murphy's back in. Atami talking to the crowd. You should really look behind you. Oh, Murphy's in. Headlock takedown and a big boot to the back. I think that's just pissed Atami off, though. Yeah, and Atami. <laughs> now Murphy annoyed. Now it's his turn. I think maybe Atami strikes out a little bit better. Now, these two guys just going backwards and forwards. Well, it's like a snapmare takedown and a kick to the back. Just angering and psyching each other up. Oh, and now we're going to get serious face-to-face with Atami with a slap. I don't fancy Murphy's chances in a striking battle, but he responds with a slap himself. And now slap wars between the two. Atami with a big knee taking down Murphy. And now the kicks to the back. He's it free and he's going to go for the big fourth one. Ali makes it back in. It's like a backdrop with a kick to the back to emphasise it as well. 
Oh, oh Murphy turns Ali inside out with a big lariat. This might be his chance. Dead lifts him up. The German holds through for the Ooh. pin, but... Ooh. Ali managing to kick out. Ah. All three men suffering for lower back problems. They're timing <laughs> up on the apron. Murphy using Ali as a battering ram, throwing him into Hideo, knocking him off the apron, and rolls up. Mur uh, Ali rolls up Murphy, gets a near count, but only a two. Two. Murphy slips into the sleeper on Ali as the time he's out. I think Murphy's got a stronger grip, did. And Ali might be going out. It doesn't look like Ali's going down without a fight, though. Trying to make his way back up to a vertical base. Well, he's squirming. But Tommy back in now. Oh. You know, he's got a sleeper locked into Murphy. He backs Itami up to the corner trying to break the hold. He had to release Ali. And Murphy, a nice back elbow. Ali with a jawbreaker on Murphy. He was trying to go for the sleeper again. Here comes Itami running in, but Ali gets the boot up. And then comes Murphy. Ali ducks him and gives him the uh, kick to the head. Ali on the apron might be rolling in for that net breaker. Gonna go hit Murphy. Oh, oh he gets slept he gets thrown over the top of Murphy, hits Itami with uh X Factor, and then rolls up Murphy. He only gets a two only gets a two count. Two oh my god, I love that move. The reverse hurricane runner by Ali. Now second rope. DDT. Springboards off of a lovely tornado DDT. Goes with the cover. Oh. But Murphy managing to kick out. Ah. Uh -huh. Dale couldn't have helped out at all there. Now all three men are down. And Ali's just so quick. I think Ali's only down because of frustration. <laughs> and now Ali rolls Itami into position. Looking for the inverted 450. But Itami up, crutches Ali on the top rope. And now it's Itami who's following Ali up to the top. Trying to get maybe back suplex, but Ali holding on to that turnbuckle. And now Murphy's got involved. How about Matami? And Tommy holding on to that top rope. Fighting Murphy off. Gives him a mule kick as well to drop him to one knee. Looking to get Ali into position for a superplex. Oh! Backwards. Well, he tried to suplex Ali. Ali landed on his feet. Murphy caught Itami. Now he kicks both men. He's got Itami on his shoulders. Twists him round. One, two. Itami just managing to kick out. Oh. I believe that was Murphy's chance there to get St. doing in this match. Again, all three men down. And it's a good thing to see the crowd are into things as well. Uh, it's one of the first 205 lives we've actually seen where they're getting some recognition for it as well, which uh, is nice. And now all three men getting to their feet slowly, all trading blows. Instead of just seeing a bunch of people waiting for the dark match after SmackDown. Exactly, looking on their phones. And the timing now with the forearms to Murphy. Trying to take it down with a knee and the timing responds with the slaps. Oh, <laughs> Murphy ducks a spinning back fist. It hits Ali in the face. Oh. Murphy knocks Tozawa down and then Ali knocks Murphy down. Oh. And Tozawa takes Ali out of his springboard and off the second rope with a, like a corkscrew. Well, I think Buddy Murphy lost a tooth in that super kick there. And I think Atami just nearly killed Mustafa Ali. He was spinning round. We'll see the replay now. He's turning around and Atami with a kick. There's no way Ali can stop that in midair. Whoever can make it to their feet first is 
certainly going to have an advantage in this match. Well, Ali needs the ropes to get to his feet. Anything to happen, get out quicker. Well, I don't know if that's a telling sign or not. A Murphy and Atami. Well, they're using each other to get up. Itami shrugs Murphy to one side. Ali's slipping through the ropes, looking for the kick on Itami, but Itami manages to fight out of it. That is nice by Itayo with the forearms, but Murphy catches a kick with Finds a powerbomb. Holds him down for a cover. Only gets a two count. Spins him back over onto his knees. Hits him with a knee to the jaw. Two. That was a beautiful transition. Yeah, that's like a powerbomb. But a knee and Ali now with a kick to Murphy. And wouldn't you know, they both landed on each other. In prime position <laughs> for the inverted 450. Well, he's not going oh, back. Man. He's going front, isn't he? 450. <laughs> he can hit the, the normal 450 as good as he can the reverse. Inverted. Takes Murphy out. Goes for the cover on Itami. One, two. Oh. How did Murphy recover that quickly? Murphy was on his feet when he fell out. You know, like when just lucky, I suppose, where he landed. And Ali is annoyed by that. No, he, he don't. He, he should. F no, I'm sorry. I'm not impressed by that side of Murphy. I know it's part of keeping, like, the story going and that. But no, so well, don't watch with me. Murphy lured in Ali there. I guess he was playing possum. Hello, possum. He sends Mustafa into the announce table, and I don't think he's finished there. Well, he's cleaning up house. Well, there's scripts and monitors going everywhere. How are they going to know what they're going to do? Well, they could just do what we do and wing it, James. <laughs> <laughs> and now Murphy's got Ali on an announce table. This is great, but it gives Hideo a chance wherever he is to recover. Oh, my God. Oh, well, Ali takes Murphy out. Makes him land face first onto the announce table. And he's trying to get out of dodge, I think. Uh oh and Ali looking at Murphy. What's he got planned here? Spanish oh. announce table onto the wafer fin match below. Um, thinner than mats. What a manoeuvre there. I mean, that impact all the way down. And, and those mats, how thin are those mats? Well, James, they are mere micro millimetres thick. They, it's just a wafer thin mat on pure hard concrete. You can see the impact there on the faces of Murphy and Ali. I think he accidentally landed on his left wrist. It was folded underneath him. You look. Bang, oh, yeah, fuck. But, I mean, we've been t have, have we ever seen that move even attempted off an announce table? And Ali struggling to get back in. Referee's counting. I think he's up to um, 10. I defy any man to say that 205 Live hasn't improved since Enzo was sacked. <laughs> oh, and Atami runs in with a kick. Do you think it's that or do you think it's Triple H taking over? Definitely well, Enzo being gone. We'll talk about that after the match because Atami goes for the cover. Oh, oh, but Ali just managing to kick out. Oh. Atami can't believe he didn't get the job done. He's frustrated with himself now, Atami. Well, you can see him slapping the mat. Aggressive nature, and he's going over to that bottom turnbuckle. Oh, he's a real healy heel now. Trying his best to expose it. And the turnbuckle. Oh, Ali like, catches him. Tries to roll him round. Ali turns it into a cover, goes into the second turnbuckle, kicked off the pin. Oh, and now, now Itami comes flying in with a drop kick, bouncing Ali's head off the bottom turnbuckle, and that is it. Itami is your winner. Well, there, Itami, very impressive there. And maybe the referee didn't notice it was all the way off, so he took advantage of it that way, I suppose. But I think a good match, Dan. What are your thoughts? I thought it was a very good match between the three of them. Yeah, it was... Uh, 
a good heelish finish. You know, what's what's Murphy going to do now? Is he is he the proper heel? Is he like not as heely as Hideo Itami heel? What's it? You know, it's kind of is it kicking him out of the limelight? Well, I think Murphy. No offense to the two hundred five level or the cruiserweight division can do bigger and better things. Like you said, he's got other things he needs to work on, but th- th- there is going to be a future for him no matter where. I think at this moment, it's a kind of last throw of the dice for a day or a time. Do you know where I think Murphy would be biggest? Where? Impact. Impact. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about that. You, I know you, there's some things about Murphy you don't like. So it was basically a selling issue for you, was it? It was a, a a big selling issue, yeah. It's you know, it just got a four fifty splash landed primarily on him. I know Itami got half the brunt of it as well, but you know, Ali landed on him, but he was up and recovered within less than thirty seconds. Yeah. I mean, I, come on. I think it's a thing that you need to look at. I think sometimes you could be trying to impress too much, like I say, with the spots in there can be quite difficult for him as well but uh it'll be one of those an eye on i think the match was good and like we say we can always notice a, a difference as you say in the pre-enzo mori era but triple h has taken over with the kind of writing i think the, the stories being told are a little bit better as well so we move on to our next episode it's june 26th episode 83 with drake maverick runs down tonight's card and then it's opening theme time with vic joseph Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watson slash Jackson, and they welcome us to Cali. Well, Akira Tozawa defeats Tony Knees via pinfall following a top rope senton. Well, it's all Tozawa early, but when Knees heads to the floor, he gathers himself and catches the former champ when he tries for a dive. After diving it, after driving him into the apron and stairs, the hill heat, the hill heat stretches on. The tie shifts back to Akira, but Knees rolls out before he can hit a senton from the top. A dive connects on the outside, but Tony comes back and gets a near fall on a gut buster. A trade strikes, and Nice sets up for a superplex, but Tozawa fights it off and sends him headfirst into the mat. The finish follows. We get a recap of Hideo Tami's big win last week. We then see Cedric Alexander step to the DM, the GM, to ask when his next title defence will be. Maverick says he hasn't decided, and Cedric says he figures it would be a Tami. Drake doesn't want to reward reward bad behaviour and uses TJP's recent antics as an example of something that won't work with him. But when Alexander explains a chance to face a legend like Hideo would allow him to establish his own legacy, DM says he'll take it under advisement. And we have the debut of Leo Rush, and he's going against Dewey James. So we might see a famous James in wrestling. Can Dewey James get the job done here? Going against Leo Rush. And we talked about Leo Rush's arrival last year when he first joined the WWE. And anybody that doesn't know, he himself got in trouble with Emma's release, didn't he, when he, uh, he tweeted uh, about that. So people thought he may be punished in NXT. Didn't ever make a in-ring debut for them on television. So now he's moved up to 205 Live. Moved up or moved down? Well, I don't know. He's seen things in it. He's, at least he's been featured now. We've seen a couple of promo videos. Uh, we're going to see how he performs here on 205 Live. It's, uh, it's a big chance for him. And, and Dewey James, well, he's a looker, everybody. I tell you that. He reminds me of someone. He reminds me of Roland's James. <laughs> and Leo Rush taking his time. He's going to be my new Enzo, I think. He's already winding me up. Well, let's see, because he is a great in-ring athlete, as he uh, can't take his bracelet off. And we do know 205 is live. There you go. Finally does it. 
And he's smirking down. No, James, he's just got a smile on that fucking mug of his. Oh, and he's he, a cocky cunt. He slaps Dewey James. Wants him to bring it on. And he's bouncing the ropes, avoiding Dewey. Nice bring up. Insecurity kick there. Well, Rush is quick. And he's also a dick. <laughs> you can feel the hatred bubbling, can't you, really? He reminds me a lot of Ricochet. That kind of the way he wrestles. Just don't. Just don't no, no, honestly, like, like, Rush had a really good run on the independent scene as he throws Dewey James on the just apron. don't even tire him as a No, I'm saying, Ricochet. look, Rush there, beautiful kick there. The hat kick off the rope, throwing Dewey back in. Rolls him up, nips up. It's like a SOS. And, yeah. <laughs> Rush seeing what time it is. And he says it's time, goes up top. Oh, that is a deep rock splash. Bounces up, goes to the cover on Dewey, makes a pin, gets a victory. Very, very impressive there by Leo Rush. Dan, I can feel it, but what did you think of that? Well, don't get me wrong, yeah, very impressive. He's a good worker in the ring, but he's just such an irritating cunt. Well, Dasha Fuentes interviews Rush in the ring. And he says the future of the cruiserweight division is here. He can do things in the ring that the guys in the locker room can only dream of doing. They're good, but they're no Leo Rush. They have no style, presence, or finesse. He's a man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, and 205 Live is going to feel the rush. Well, Rene catches up with Cedric backstage. She asks about his decision to lobby for Itami. Alexander says he was impressed by Hideo beating Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy and repeats the same stuff about establishing his reputation as a champ. Itami approaches, looks him up and down, and talks some trash in Japanese. Alexander says he'll show him respect. Hideo shoves him, and Maverick shows up with some guys to separate them. Well, next week's main event is a no-DQ match between Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy. And up now is, is the main event, and it is Drew Gulak, the Brian Kendrick, and Gentleman Jack Gallagher, Verse Party, Kalisto, Grand Metallic, and... Linsterado! In an elimination tag. So we've seen Lucha House Party arrive for our main event, and now it's Ha and Kendrick. And this is an interesting question. Who do you think is the most technical wrestler out of the three? Oh, I'd have to say... Jack Gallagher... I was going to say that as well, just because of the kind of British style that he's got. I know Gulak is meant to be the technical guy. I think Kendrick's got a lot going for him as well. He's got in a lot of way. experience. Yeah, yeah, I think he's underrated. Whereas on the sides of the uh, the masks, luchas, I don't know, it's quite exciting. I don't know Metallic, if he's ever going to go far. Like Dorado, you know, he does a couple of cool moves, doesn't he? Springboard, Stunner and whatnot. Kalisto's been around. At least he's involved in a feud now. And we've got Lucha House Party chance. Not easy to say. Well, on LHP, they kick all three heels off the turnbuckle. Suicide dives all round, taking out all three members of their opposing team. Well, they're definitely exciting, don't get me wrong. They throw Jack in. Who would you rather have, LHP or Rey Mysterie? <laughs> anyway, well, look at what Metallic can do there. That's beautiful. Handspring dive, revol- uh, moving out of the way of Jack Haha, chopped to the chest. I mean, these younger guys, you know, they deserve a chance if they're going to try it. Just don't be Mysterio carbon copies. Do something different, you know. Cleese stays slamming Jack down. Quick tag into Dorado. I think potential out of three. The thing I definitely like about him. It's not his name. Oh, my God. And his name is pretty cool. Picks up Cleese on his shoulders, drops him down. Dorado then tags in Metallic. Metallic up top. 
He's walking the ropes. Springboard splash. One, two. Oh, oh but Kendrick <laughs> in to save his partner. He came in spread eagle. <laughs> he was ready. But he gets super kicked for his trouble. Kendrick hasn't even got his jacket off. Gallagher finally reverses Metallic but runs into a super kick. Dorado then, not Dorado, Metallic then with a bulldog. He's going to walk the ropes again, second. But Gulak grabs hold of Metallic. He managed to fight him off. But runs right into a jack headbutt. And that'll be job done, yeah. You don't run into them. And it's a 3-2 advantage for the Hills now. And Gallagher immediately out, tags in D. Brian Kendrick. Well, now they've got the numbers game. They're going to try and slow this down with Dorado and Kalisto. But you're forgetting the Lucha House Party are working with a former US ta- champion. Yeah, exactly. And Kalisto has been tag team, well, NXT tag team champion before. So he's had a lot of success. Let's not forget about Kendrick. Like I say, he's got that veteran experience. But Kalisto's been here around a lot longer than Phil. You know, he's, he's yeah. definitely five, five or six years now, Kalisto. As Dorado, beautiful Hurricane Runner to Kendrick, runs in. Gets sent on the apron, though. That's spanky, though. Responds with a beautiful kick, knocks him down. Kicks Gulak off. Now he's off the top with a diving cross body. It was a frog splash cross body. Goes for the cover, but Kendrick managing to kick out. Oh, exactly that. Spanky and Paul London attacked in there. Do you ever think Kendrick would come back and then have more success? I think the Brian Kendrick character could have done a lot more, you know, especially when he had Ezekiel Jackson as his manager. Yeah, I think, you know, with the Brian Kendrick, I think he was good, but then he was kind of overshadows, overshadowed as a hill when Neville turned up. Yeah, I think that's fair, and yeah. He's not kind of managed to garner that momentum back. I know he's been working with Jack Gallagher, and, you know, that's doing well, but I think Jack Gallagher's kind of overshadowing him in that tag team partnership. I know it's probably how it should be as, you know, Kendrick is probably nearing towards the end of his career. I'm not saying, you know, he's, he's going to be retiring anytime soon, but Jack Gallagher's a man who's just starting out. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I'm hoping someday that we will see the big turnaround from uh, Gallagher and and Kendrick, you know, and finally have that moment where Gallagher can go back face again, and that would be all cool. But um, it'll, it'll be something to, to look out for. Can Kendrick have another run of success? You know, can any of these guys truly break through again and have a run with the Cruiserweight title I think Gulak, Gulak can, but he's, again, he's kind of gone a bit colder. He was really over when he was doing his annoying PowerPoint presentations. And, you know, I, th- I think he got interesting for a while when he was doing his no-fly campaign, but now he's just basically a heel focusing on, you know, being a heel. I don't think that's kind of working for him as well as it was. Again, I completely agree with you, I think. Show me. There you go, yeah. Potato Kendrick. Well, uh, Dorala trying to go to the outside. And Gulak tying him up. Now tagging in Jack. And the Jack's, te- Jack's just going to work him down technically. Well, this is the thing. And it's from all three men. They're cutting the ring off. And they're going to work on the arm of Dorado. But you would have thought, you know, being a... Well, not as complete as it should be. But being a, a, a unit, LHP, should be kind of... Well, better working together. Well, this is the thing. I'm a bit surprised. It seems Gulak's come in and the team has uh, kind of more experience. I know the LHP feuded with Vitami and Tazawa, but yeah, they're not really showing a team here. The Drado's been worked on now these past five minutes, maybe more so. They've got the numbers disadvantage. They really need to get back into this. Kaliso looking for the tag, but at the moment unsuccessful. The arm ringer in and Dorado trying to fight out. 
Kendrick just sends him back into the corner. Oh, and Gulak and Jack were saying they're not touching, but as soon as the referee's back was turned. Jack Gulak. <laughs> they were putting Behind a, the referee's back. <laughs> that was. They're putting a beating on him. And they're happy with their actions. And they're playing all innocent as soon as the referee turns back round. Classic Healy Hill. They are indeed. Oh, and the referee's back's turned again. They tried it. Dorado fought Gulak down and knocked Jack off. And Dorado tried to get out of the corner, but Kendrick again stops him. Rams a shoulder into the midsection. They're just, you know, strategically picking apart the Lucha House party. But oh, oh. but Dorado, with a handspring kick, kicks Jack off the edge of the apron, lands a stunner on Kendrick, gets a free count, and eliminates Brian Kendrick. Oh, my God. What a surprise. I don't think Drew believed that would be a pin like we did. No. That was brilliant, though, by Dorado. Now he's going to be in trouble. Jack can't believe his master's gone. He's going to make Dorado pay. I wouldn't say his master. I'd say his friend, his mentor. Mentor. Yeah, men- mentor more than master. He's not on the, he's not on the leash, is he? But I've improved, I improve of uh, Jack's new trunk colour. It's good. He must have heard what I was saying. The blue and white works a lot better. Oh, indeed. Especially if he's a gentleman. I want to see him come in uh, St. George's pants if England are to win the World Cup. If you're listening to this, Jack, St. George's, you know what to do. Yeah, exactly. So they're working down on poor Dorado. It's a, it's, I tell you what, Jack and Gulak look like... Oh, fuck, we missed another elimination. For fuck's sake, James. Stop skipping it. I am. And well, Jack, Jack tags in Gulak. They look good team, didn't they? And oh, cut him off again. Big punch to the midsection. I think Gulak hurt his own right hand there on uh, Dorado's abs. And Gulak now going to go. Dorado fights out of it. Now spins out, lands on his feet, but straight into a flurry of left and rights from Gulak. But catches his catches Gulak's foot, spinning heel kick to the head. And now it might be Dorado's tag. Now it might be Dorado's chance to finally get that tag. To Kalisto, who's trying to hype up the crowd, who are, are pretty much sitting on their hands, bar a couple of, you know, Lucha hands going in the air. Kendrick's back out here, pulls Kalisto off the edge of the apron. Oh. Gallagher slides in behind the ref's back. The ref can't see anything. Gallagher with a headbutt. Dorado now in trouble. He's got the gulag, and there's only one way this out is... of that, yeah. and that is by tapping. Couldn't say it myself and Gulak kicks to Ireland and they're celebrating now. That's two down, one left, Kalisto. Kalisto's on a two and one disadvantage. You've got to keep eyes in the back of his head for Kendrick as well. Can Kalisto try and even the numbers? So it is just Kalisto left and he's going against gentleman Jack Gallagher and Drew Gulak. So this has basically turned into a glorified handicap match. Can Kalisto... Get the win for the LHP. Well, <laughs> doesn't look very likely at this moment in time, especially with the vicious nature of Gulak and Gallagher. And Kalisto has got to be like lightning. And he started quick with a kick to Gulak. Springboard sent on, takes out Gulak. A kick to Jack for him as well. Oh, Springboard corkscrew elbow. Kick to the midsection of Drew. Oh, oh Hurricane Rana face plant. One, two. Oh, oh but Jack in to break the count up. Well, great defence there by the gentleman, and he's got Kalisto. He's going to give Gulak a second to recover. That was not very gentlemanly. <laughs> and now he grabs hold of the tag rope, looking to be tagged in legally. Kalisto down on the outside. Jack's going to continue his insult. 
Oh, sends him back first into the apron and then back in the ring and Jack's mocking him. Saying you've got no one to tag at the moment. What are you going to do? And the fans are actually getting behind the LHP or, well, the one member of LHP, Kalisto. And Jack's like, yeah, you want your man? There he is. I'm going to tag him my man, Drew. Well, he's in serious trouble now, Kalisto. Man, Drew. <laughs> and Gulak. We haven't seen man recently. Oh, oh vicious assault there by Gulak. Hanging him up on the top rope, legs first. On 205 Live, just in case people say, yeah, it was in the UK. I know he was there, but 205. I thought it'd be a cruiserweight. Gulak going for the pin Kalisto kicking out. Uh. Gulak may be getting a tiny bit frustrated now with Kalisto. Well, he is without a doubt the toughest member of the LHP. Most accomplished member of LHP. Well, at least three men. He's the only man who's won a championship here in WWE, NXT or wherever, you know. He's been cruiserweight champion, hasn't he? So he's won it in all different brands. <laughs> yeah, he's a triple crown. <laughs> yeah. He's not out of it yet, you know. Or maybe always back the underdog. Might not be the easiest way to get there, but in the end, they come out on top. Okay. <laughs> yes. See, tombstone. Though. Rest in peace. <laughs> well, now it looks like Gulak and Jack finally go to put Kalisto away. Back sex. Both men going for a back suplex. Kalisto lands on his feet, comes out of a flurry of kicks. Gulak trying to fight him off. He uses Jack to spin him around. <laughs> Hesses as Gulak out of the ring. Kicks Jack in the beak. Looking for the Salida del Sol. Kicks Drew Gulak on the way over. Pins Gallagher. Free. Oh. And that's it. He's evened up the numbers. But how much has that little flurry from Kalisto taken out of him? I think it might be everything. Gulak cannot believe Jack's been eliminated. Now on. And Drew's saying, great. Gulak gets back in, but Kalisto looks to take advantage. Was he playing possum? Hello, possums! Well, he kicks him out of the ring. Uh, kicks him down to the apron. Oh, needs springboard. Sends him over the top rope. Takes out Gulak. And Kalisto, who may be feeling he can actually get the victory here. I think he's got momentum on his side. And the fans want him to do it. He might be a little bit slower than he was earlier. Do it. Kalisto up on the apron. To try and springboard his way. Oh, springboard crossbody goes for cover two. Oh. oh, but Gulak managing to kick out. Ah, and Kalisto's favouring them taped up ribs. Well, both men down. This could go either way right now. It's been a good match so far. Or someone could come and spoil it. Mm. And Kalisto now one last reach, one last bit of fight. So one needs... last lucha, lucha, lucha. Salida del Sol maybe for the goo one. He's looking for it. Gulak pushes him off. Oh, an elbow strike to the back. Oh, spinning lariat takes Kalisto. Oh, but Kalisto managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And Gulak's offense there looking on point. Hard hitting. They can't get the job done. He's got the Gulak one victory tonight. Maybe a try on Kalisto if he can get the man down. I, do you know, I did a Randy Orton match last night. I must have hit about 10 RKOs. Anyway, Gulak now is got Kalisa. Kalisa go for Salida del Sol. But Gulak pulled the mask. Kalisa let go to protect his face. And he's now got he's got him in the cool. Gulak. And Kalisto's tapping out. Oh, and the mask comes off. Oh, my word. Well, I don't think I saw his face. But Gulak gets a victory with a Gulak. Looking very impressive there. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on the match? I thought it was quite an entertaining match, actually. And, uh, the way, you know, the way it ended, it kind of leaves it open a bit as well with Gulak trying to, well, actually successfully ripping the mask off of Kalisto. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's, I think there's going to be backlash for Gulak. 
Well, yeah, it wasn't a clean victory. Plus, I think all six men were kind of impressed in that one. They all had their little bits and pieces. Maybe Metallic didn't have uh, the most, if you know what I mean. But I think everybody else did all right. And now Gulak has got Penelope. And this not might like, this might not end well. Pinata is in serious trouble. You say the Kalisa, this is what happens when you try and mock me. Oh my god, Penelope goes at least tenth row there. I mean what row did she hit? About row F? At least the fifteenth, twentieth, maybe thirtieth row. It might go out of the building. With that throw. But my word, Kalisto coming down uh, Kendrick coming down being involved in this match. I think it was all good for this episode two oh five live, so we do move on. Toy Five Live episode eighty four and it was July third. DM the GM kicks things off by revealing that next week will feature a cruiserweight title match between Cedric Alexander and Hideo Itami. Ooh. He runs down tonight's card hyping Ali versus Murphy as a rubber match to settle their rivalry and revealing TJP will get the respect he's been asking for when he faces an opponent of his choosing. <coughs> well, Vic Joseph, Nigel McGuinness, and Percy Jackson slash Watson welcome us to Omaha. Tear ring with a mic saying Maverick has picked all of his opponents because that's his job. He can't help but notice he's not in the main event. His match isn't for the title, and he's stuck in his nowhere town of Yam- Yamaha, Nebraska. He banters with the crowd, running down Omaha, saying that he plays round and calls for his opponent because it's tap-out time. So who will answer TJP's challenge here on 205 Live? Is the cruiser great? You like TJP, Dan. You're a fan of him, aren't you? I am, yes. He was my pick in the uh, 205 Live or the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, way, way back when. So who's going to be his opponent? But it's going to be someone tough. Someone legendary, maybe. Yeah! It's my man! He's back! No Amda! Or as you say, Dan. No Amda! <laughs> Might be Alicia Fox less, but still. We couldn't give a fox. No! We saw Dar return in uh, the UK tournament, but he's here now. And he's certainly been working on his uh, upper body. He has, he is. He's, he's starting to become a bit absent. Hey, yeah, I'm glad that word has been allowed this By time. By me. Around. By you, that's fine, but he is. He's got his pinky out, of course, the Scottish supernova, and he's getting a tepid response. But that he's... is certainly a lukewarm <laughs> reception. But he's going face-to-face TJP, and, you know, Perkins wants to fight. He's going to get one in Dar, and Dar chopped. Uppercut to uh, to TJP in the early going. Dar boots out Perkins' legs, and now Dar getting position. Oh my god! Dang, that's like a King Shasha. Beautiful King Dada. King Dada, and it gets the job done. Done. Dar beats TJP. What's that about? Not only does he beat TJP, he beats a former cruiserweight champion, and he wins on two hundred five live. <laughs> Wow, I mean, he's certainly come back with a purpose. Even Drake Maverick's impressed. <laughs> yeah. So, Noam Dar is back, looking great, with a victory. Well, no, James, he's back. <laughs> he's better than Trevor. I know. Wow, my God, I'm excited about that. Look forward to see what they do with Dar in the Cruiserweight division. Well, some highlights from their feud. Buddy Murphy is getting his pump on in the locker room. He says there's no one like him in the division, which is why after he takes Mustafa Ali... Tonight, it doesn't matter if it's Cedric or Hideo, he's taking the belt. And you can't argue with that, you know, you really can't. Well, 
Dasha Fuentes catches up with TJP, but the cruiser great refuses to talk with her. He walks straight out of the building. Leo rushes out to observe from ringside during our next match, and that is Akira Tozawa going against Jason Strike. Yeah, and uh, Tozawa won that match via pinfall. Again, the senton, so that's three weeks in a row now Tozawa's picked up victories. Strike got in some offence and worked hill a bit, but this, like you said, was a squash. Well, Rush gets a mic and stands on the announce table and says he's a fan and can see why Tozawa is a former champ. But he wonders if he's not resting on his laurels and just sitting around waiting for opportunities. Akira should be ashamed. Leo's different. He doesn't wait for anything. And maybe when Tazara is done waiting around, he'll step into the ring with a 23-year-old piece of gold and feel the rush. Mm, we'll see what happens with Leo. Ali's warming up in the back, but stops to tell us about his opponent. He says Murphy is dangerous, but he's the guy who runs at danger instead of away from it. Tonight, the rules will get broken. It's the night he shows the juggernaut is just a man. The champ gets a selfie promo to address his challenges, demands for respect. Alexander plans to give it to him and add to him to the legacy he's building. So here we go. It's main event time. Murphy's coming out to face Ali. And Murphy's up in the apron. He already gets drop kicked off by... Well, he's starting this one the way he meant to finish the last match they had before it was rudely interrupted by Hideo Itami. Oh, my God. And a beautiful move by Ali off the top. And he's been really impressing me these past few weeks. I don't know about you, but Ali kind of really turned it up, that kind of aggressive nature and just how quick he is. I know we've seen, like, uh, Kalisto and even Cedric, but Ali has been a real standout and he's gone toe-to-toe with Buddy Murphy in a couple of great matches on 205 Live. And, like, we talk about the direction, but referee's checking, making sure he can actually ring the bell and we're actually going to get this match officially underway. Ali would be takedown, but Murphy kicks him off to get out. Rolls Albert Murphy oh. throws him onto the announce table, trying to finish off what he started last week in a triple threat match when Itami was involved. Well, he goes bouncing. Of course, this is no disqualification. So anything goes here. Both men want to get the victory, but if it does, we'll be next in line after Hideo Itami versus Cedric Alexander next week. Well, this is effectively a number one contenders match. Do you think Ali's had too many chances, though? Uh, I, I think oh, no, you know taking your Murphy tinted sunglasses off, of course. No, I I think Ali's getting to a point where yeah, he is. But now he's starting to pick up a couple of victories where he wasn't before. You know, he's worked hard to get to this spot, and I feel if it wouldn't have been that much difference between him and Alexander with their reign at the moment. You know, Cedric's not really done anything to stand out, and it's Ali really putting the performances in. I wouldn't mind seeing Ali have a little run. I think if he's unsuccessful this time round, he needs to take a little step away, and then when he does come back again, then he can have another chance at it. But I think the same with Murphy. If he has another opportunity, doesn't get the job done, then it's time to look maybe something else, rather than him feuding with Lucha House Party or something like this, do you know what I mean? Like someone else down the card. I think it needs to be a revolving door where you need to be used on Raw and then you can switch between the two as well. But Ali has sent Murphy and he's been in control. Like, I love Murphy, but Murphy's in trouble at the moment. Oh, and uh, Murphy's out in the crowd area and Ali springboards his way from barricade, flying crossbody, takes out Murphy and he's feeling it now. And you can see the sneer on Ali. He's not been happy recent weeks, but Murphy just catches him with forearm. And I'll say something then. He just took that move and he's just, he's recovered already. And Murphy does look 
He's selling it a little bit, don't get me wrong, but he's, he is up too quickly. He's gone from that flying cross yeah. body to being back in control. Yeah, he, he has, he, he's done that too quickly. But he's still impressive what he can do in the ring, though. Let's not take that away from oh, him. Oh, no, know, you like. know, I don't want to kind of discredit him from what he can bring to it, but, you know, I think he's still got a bit of learning to do. But as do, you know, there's a few wrestlers yeah. learning the ropes, so to speak. Oh, it's, it's, sometimes it's more about the story than what they do. Apart from Ali, he just runs the ropes. And Ali now running the Barry K, but oh my goodness. Well, Murphy grabs Ali by the hair and just flips him off into the still entranceway ramp. And he's in a bit of trouble now. Murphy might take control. And I mean, this is the last match of our Toy 5 Live catch-up. It's been quite enjoyable this month, hasn't it, you know? It certainly has, yeah, especially the main events. They've really turned it up. Do you think, and this, don't put your vote Enzo Mora hating spectacles on, but do you think it has improved recent times because of the kind of the way the show's been run, if you know what I mean, as opposed to the character? Drastically improved. What are you, what are you liking about it more? I, I just like, you know, they're, they're given a bit of time in the main event. Um, you know, they're not rushing through everything. They've got, what, two, maybe three matches on in the space of an hour, which I think is plenty. You know, you get about 15 minutes worth of wrestling. You get about 10 minutes worth of talking in between, you know, a few selfie promos, a few hype videos, and it, it works perfectly. Yeah, it really does. The main events have been uh, top-notch recently as Murphy suplexes Ali onto the steel ramp. And I mean, what? how how hard is that steel ramp? It's as hard as steel. <laughs> Murphy throws it back in, but and Ali... Uh, and also another thing I like, you know, they're, they're kind of... They they slowly change it up in bits as well. You know, you've got the return of Dar. You had the uh, introduction of Murphy a little while ago. You know, it's it's always changing. Yeah, different different characters, and you, you might give a surprise a chance. You, you know, know like, again, even Leo Rush coming down as well. Well, even like Itami getting an opportunity in the main event now after not doing a lot. You know, come, not at left field, but it was kind of a surprise. You're thinking, oh, maybe they would have continued with Murphy or something like this, but... They do that, and it is good because, like I said, the cruiserweight division should be about anybody beating time. That's the whole point of this. But back to the match, and Ali did get the shoulder up, but Murphy then caught him in a submission, and he's had it in. But now finally Ali gets to the ropes, but it doesn't matter because no DQ. Murphy can just wear Ali down all he wants. Oh, and Ali with a jawbreaker. They get some separation from Murphy. But Murphy's straight back on it with a kick to the back. Despite Ali getting some separation, Murphy's walking around like he's not been touched. Yeah, he was selling it a little bit then, holding himself. Not in, not in that way. Twists the arm of Ali. Irish whips him with authority into the turnbuckles. Ali bounces off and they just lay face first. And Murphy now looks like he's playing with him. Murphy's back in the bush, back when he was younger, playing with snakes. And you know what he used to do with snakes? He's bite the fucking heads off. <laughs> well, Murphy may be getting confident now. Irish ripping Ali to the other side. Ali's out and back dropped. There was a high back body drop there from Murphy. I mean, he must have been at least 10 foot up. At least 15, 20 foot up in the air. Murphy goes for the cover, but Ali again kicking out. Oh. Now Buddy Murphy's smirking. No, James. He hasn't got a cigarette in his garb. He's just got a smile on his face because he is in control of the as he is almost as immortal as the Hulk Hogan. And now Murphy slamming his forearm into the back of Ali. Ali's been hit and he's injured. A hard Irish rip sends Ali to the corner. And another high back body drop there. He must have been about 10, 12 feet in the air. At least 15 to 20 foot up. 
touch the lights in the building. And Murph's saying, Come on, I'm going to go for the cover now. There you go. One, two. Oh, but Ali managing to kick out. Ah, being too confident. Should be on Ali. Take him out. Don't look past him. Ali might be beaten down. But we talked about how tough he is. Only three or four strikes by Ali. It has no effect on the abs of Murphy. He responds with a kick to the put. Responds with the forearms and right hands. Irish whip again and turnbuckle. Another backdrop. No. Ali responds with a kick. Now we're back elbow. Now with the feet up. Catch them in a the move that doesn't work. I think Murphy hit his head on the uh, ring post. And a beautiful drop kick by Mustafa Ali there. Now he's trying to get back into this. And there's a sign in the crowd saying, no DQ equals Murphy's Law. Oh, that might be right. Ali with a chop has no effect on Murphy. Murphy Irish whips Ali across. What, a strike to Murphy that has no effect? Just because no. how strong he is and how Ali stops and slides, kicks Murphy, lands on the apron. Rolls in looking for that tornado DDT, but Murphy fights it off. Ali reverses it, throws him to the ring apron. Oh. X factor <laughs> through the ropes. No way Murphy Plants landed Murphy there. on his forehead. Come on now, that was good. Oh. Ali with the cover, but Murphy managing to kick out. Oh. Murphy's hilarious when he just splits himself in half. You'd like to split Murphy in half. And now, I told you, I like Murphy. What, how long ago? Two, three years ago? <laughs> you rascal. You scallywack. <laughs> you, you tallywacker. No way. That just shows Murphy's toughness. And he's struggling to get back to his feet. But lulls Ali in. Throws him outside. Murphy kicks Ali into the announce table. But as he goes in to follow Murphy's head. But now Murphy throws Ali into the ring steps. Murphy looking for some weapons underneath the hurry. Unsuccessful. He's just not sure what he wants to pick. I mean, just taking his time and now low stairs. I mean, they must weigh at least 150 to 200 uh, kilos. At least 250 to 300 K. And Murphy trying to get in position. Oh, look at the strength managing to get that in. Oh, he tries to send Ali into the stairs, but Ali blocks it, sends Murphy into the announce table. And Ali rearranging some furniture. And the monitor's off the desk, making it nice and easy for Murphy. Well, he's got a far away look in his eyes. Looking to put Murphy down. Oh, oh. but Murphy, baseball slide against the stairs, went straight into Ali's shoulder. Murphy using the <laughs> steps as like a, as a tag team partner. Flipping straight over the top rope, taking out Ali. Nearly going as far as the announce table. I think he hit his back on it. Oh, that was lovely there by Ali Murphy. Can he take advantage of it? Murphy gets Ali in, goes for the cover, but Ali man kick out. Uh -huh. The fans on their feet. Well, that's a good sign. They're invested in this one. And Murphy's setting the steps up in the corner, looking to do even more damage to Ali. And this could be the end now. Murphy and Ali taking a hell of a lot of punishment, but now could be the end. Murphy's got hold of Ali. He's going to try and throw him into the stairs. Oh, my God. Well, that might be too much now. That was sickening. And Murphy looking at Ali, so I'm going to do it again. 
But Ali's got no quit in him. Oh. And for the second time, Murphy upside down into the stairs. Well, that is difficult to watch. Murphy's been dominant now. Goes for the cover, but Ali maybe being a bit too tough. More maybe brave, a little bit stupid there. Getting the shoulder off at two. Two. You now know. Murphy looking for the third time, but Ali turns it around. Murphy oh. stops himself short. Oh, oh, but head scissors straight into the stairs. <laughs> Murphy lays in a very prone position in the corner. Could this be Ali's chance to end it? Well, he's trying to crawl, but I don't know how much energy he's got left. He's certainly feeling it in his back. Well, he's going to go for the 054. Oh, but Murphy's got hold of Ali's leg. No, he's got hold of his hair. Pulling his head under and super kicks it. Now on a powerbomb. Hits it once. Picks him up. Look at the power. Set out into the two. One, two. Oh, oh but Ali's still managing to kick out. Ah. Uh, don't know how he did it then. Don't know how Ali did that. He's not there. The light's from, but no one's home. Well, I think he was just kicking out through instinct. Oh. I don't think Murphy can believe it. You tough bastard. And now Murphy's got the stairs. That puts him down. They were upright, and now he's put him straight down near that turnbuckle. Surely he's not going to do Murphy's Law on the steps. What well, is Murphy's Law, anyway? Don't call me Shirley. And uh, it's kind of a pump handle variation. Uh, I still need to change it because he's trying to hit it a couple of times. It's not looked right. And Murphy puts him there. But the man can fly. And he's looking to go out. And Ali is strong there. And this is going to be a chance Murphy might regret. Because he's going to put his body on the line. Uh-oh. Well, Ali's managed to recover in time. Crutches Murphy on the top rope. Uh-oh. Now, this is a usually dangerous position on top ropes. But when there's some stairs waiting for the... Uh, the loser, you could be in trouble, and Ali. Oh, shoving the stairs into Murphy. Not once, not twice, but three times. Hope they don't fall over because that'll hurt. Another stairs position there. Very precarious position. What's Ali thinking? I have no idea. He's on the stairs. Referee's like, don't worry, I'll hold the stairs for you. Well, that's secure so far. Now he's got Murphy. I can't remember seeing this before. Superplex. Off the top of the stairs. Jesus Christ. Oh! oh wow. <laughs> First time for that. What an impact there on both men's body. The crowd gets to their feet. The respect there. Now, look, we never seen for 205 Live. Yes, chance. Wow. So he's certainly going in the right direction. I mean, how many episodes of 205 Live has there been? 60-something? Uh, 80, 85. Oh my god, both of them come down. Look like they're thrown out of a moving auto vehicle. And Ali crawling over. No. But Murphy quite into the outside. Tries to stand on his feet but just collapses. <laughs> what is Percy Jackson doing? Years of experience from Buddy Murphy. You know when you're playing a computer game and someone's just standing in completely the wrong position? I think oh. Percy Watson slash Jackson's yeah. just doing that. Oh, my God. Murphy throws Ali onto the announce table. And we want tables. And they've got the announce table there. Murphy's climbing up onto Barry Cade. 
The man can barely stand, but Ali recovers quickly, crutches Murphy on Barry. Oh, but Murphy still managing to power Ali over the announce table. Runs Springboard's Spanish fly onto the announce table. (laughs) Fucking hell. Fucking fair play to that. Oh, my word. Well, that's sicker than any, Pat. The announce table didn't break, but maybe the neck of Murphy did. Well, we saw one off the announce table, but not like that with the impact. I do like the Spanish fly. I think it's a great move, and it just shows you what they brings. You know what I mean? Different moves they can do. Like we never saw, we never saw this twenty years ago. No, not at all. You know, not even ten years ago. But Murphy needs to Ali's face, and he's caught up in the ropes now. And Ali's caught. <clears throat> he's in a very prone position. Can't move at all. And this is Murphy's opening. And he's telling Ali to shush it. Oh, my God. A running knee. Follows up with a second. And oh. a third. Thunderous running knee. <laughs> referee say, go out. Come on, referee, call it. And Ali say, no. He's shaking his head. Well, how tough is Mustafa? I think he's only being held up by the ropes, though. <laughs> And Murphy there say, right, this is the end for you. Drags him in the middle. Knee to the face. That's a go. One, two. Oh, my God. How did he manage to kick out? Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Murphy's face is shock. And Ali's got that glazed over look, but he will not give up in this one. And now Murphy's got the stairs. And he's going to look to true the endless. And he's trying to drop him down on Mustafa Ali. Ooh. But Ali rolls out of the way. Just in the nick of time, Murphy runs over the steps, but runs into Ali's boot. Well, and he's in a prone position, standing on top of the steps now. And Ali now. Oh! Ali with a spinning DDT. Two, three. Oh, my God. <laughs> And you could argue that either man deserved a victory in this match. But that was a surprise victory for Ali. Well, it just showed how tough he is. And, like, yeah, I didn't think he was going to get it. But what a match. They delivered yet again. <laughs> Most definitely. I mean, this has got to be the match of the month. And I could watch these two wrestle probably all day long at this rate because it's just great chemistry between the two. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, my thoughts are exactly the same. Yeah, it was a brilliant match. This could have gone on for about an hour longer and I wouldn't have complained one bit. Both men, they've certainly got a lot of great chemistry together. And I think 205 Live is a place to be at the moment. Yeah, it really is. It's delivering in-ring. I mean, Murphy, even though he does lose, look really, really good in this. And, you know, with Atami and, and Alexander, in a weird way, they've kind of taken a step back to these two guys at this moment in time, you know? But I like it. I like, you know, how it's always constantly changing. It's never, you know, it's never truly set. You've got it time for the title. You've got these two guys having the matches, the match of the month. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got, we had a great match last week from Lucha House Party going against Gallagher, Kendrick and uh, Drew Gulak, you yeah. know. So I think it's, the best thing about this is everyone is on an even playing field. There's no one man that's better than everyone else. And there's no one man that's worse than everyone else. I mean, if they are worse, 
then they go out injured for a little while and come back and beat TJP within 30 seconds. I think that's the thing we take from this month. No Amdar is back. Come on. <laughs> that is the main thing. But no, you're absolutely right. It is hitting the stride. The only thing I would ask is where are the championship matches? Why is it on 205 Live and not on pay-per-views? That's the only thing I would ask. But apart from that, you can't argue for what they're delivering and in ring. Another small point, and I think they need something like a TV title or a tag team title, just to, you know, give the mid-lower card something else for, and I think that would spice up. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. So it's been a great way to catch up 205 Live, so we do now move on to news. News! And the Big Red Machine returned to fend off Harper and Rowan on SmackDown before Paige interrupted the emotional scenes inside the ring to announce that Team Hell No will get an opportunity at the tag team titles at Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Well, funnily enough, Brian battled Kane at the 2014 edition of the same pay-per-view before being forced to vacate the titles due to undergo neck surgery. Well, now, though, Brian can help Kane create history four years later in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Well, Reddit user Lucky Good Zero brought to light the fact should Team Hell No emerge victorious and leave with the tag team titles, that it means Kane is going to be the first man to achieve a rare feat. A win for Brian and Kane means Kane will become the first man to have held the world, WCW, WWE, Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. And a win would also mark tag title reign number 13 in WWE. Well, currently at 12 reigns, he's second behind Edge at 14 when it comes to all-time tag team title reigns for individuals in the company. What about Roman reigns? sorry it had to be done not only that but Kane has also holds a distinction of having tag team title reigns with the most amount of partners at seven he's only only had more partners than Lita (laughs) yeah well throughout his legendary career in WWE's captured tag team championships with The Untaker The Big Show X-Puck Rob Van Dam Mankind The Hurricane as well as Daniel Bryan Although the WCW Tag Team title reign will have an asterisk placed next to it as it was one when WWE was in charge of those belts, there's no denying just how durable Kane has been throughout his career. Yeah, and now he might be in a little bit of trouble because he's wrestling when he's trying to be mayor. To trials, and a couple of days ago, we noted that Robbie E and Chelsea Green were among the names at the performance centre this week for WWE tryouts. You can add former Impact Wrestling star Ava Story to that list of names. Well, here is a full list of names announced by WWE. So these are all the people that tried out at the Performance Centre to get an opportunity. 2018 ACC Heavyweight Wrestling Champion Jacob Casper. Tough Enough alumni Chelsea Green. British Amazon Heidi Katrina Alvey. Terrell and Terence Hughes, son of WWE Hall of Famer Devon from the Dudley Boys. That would be lush. It would be, wouldn't it? Independent wrestler Gabriella Belpre. All-state wrestler Philip Brandt. Brittany Birchmeyer. 24-year-old professional rugby player Tom Dempsey. Former NFL tight end Doreen Dickerson. <laughs> that is not right. He shouldn't tight be a tight end Dickerson. if he's a Dickerson. Texas wrestler Raul Humberto Arjena. You should have saved that one for me. Oh, sorry, God, you do that one then. Texas-based independent wrestler Raul Humberto Escamilla. We've got former college football player slash strongman Mike Ferrero. Fierro. You say Ferrero, I say Ferrero, you say Ferrero. No, there's no R before the I. <laughs> After Fierro. C. Oh, no, sorry, go on. 
Independent wrestlers Omar Francis, a.k.a. Omar Amir. Puerto Rican wrestling veteran Nikki Garcia. Nilka. Jacob Schreinka, a.k.a. independent wrestler, wrestler Jake Omen. Independent wrestler Thomas Stintman. Ex-Impact Wrestling star Rob Strauss, a.k.a. Robbie E. Independent wrestler Jeffrey Park. Uh. Uh, and his teammate Matt Lee. U.S. Army veteran Greg Casper. Brendan Griffin. Peter Griffin's brother. <laughs> Peter. Rory Gulak, younger brother and former tag team partner of 205 Live superstar Drew Gulak. That would be good to see as well. Kelsey Hornack, an actor and former competitive gymnast and professional cheerleader. U.S. Army veteran Adam Kerr and his brother Wayne. <laughs> Jared. <laughs> Jared. Kin- would you stop? Jared Kinnison-Smith. Seth Manzares, a former Division One linebacker. Ricardo Miller. Two-time ACC wrestling champion Spencer Myers. Brendan Moore. Danielle Morrison. Six foot eight, 325 play. Six foot eight, 325 pound football player Sonny Odogwu. <laughs> I'm not going to get away with that. Odogwu. 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 Omar Palmer, a six foot three, 350 pounder who played football at Syracuse University. Brandy Lauren Powellek, aka Ava Story. Bill Gray, a former Collegate wrestler and bodybuilder and current independent wrestler. Polish born New York based fit- fitness model, Weleta Anna Paz. Former Alabama State University offensive lineman, Shaquille Powell. Roston Tatum, a former wide receiver from the Portland State Vikings. Independent wrestler, Michael Wardlow. So there you go. They're all the tryouts. I mean, we talked about Dudley's. Anybody else tickle your fancy there? Go on, pick one, and then we can listen back to it in five years when they become a star. I am going to stick my finger on uh, Robbie E. I'm going to go Philip Brown. Write him down. There we go. I'm going to write him down. We'll remember him. I ain't going to remember that. I ain't going to remember shit either. But hopefully someone will and then email in. Well, Brock Bottom. There's perhaps no WC star on the roster right now that's more unfavourable with the audience and Dan than Brock Lesnar. Well, it seemed like a welcome change at the time. The Beast WrestleMania 33 victory against Goldberg hasn't gone down well at all. In hindsight, taking the Universal Championship off Kevin Owens in the first place seemed like a massive mistake to begin with. Since then, Vince McMahon has been hell-bent on making sure nobody can even kick out of the F5, let alone slay the beast. That's unless you're Raymond Reigns, as he's not only kicked out of multiple F5s, but he's also been speculated to be the one that defeats Lesnar at last. Now, fans have had just about enough of Lesnar and can't wait to see the back of him. Something many wouldn't have ever believed based on the reaction he received when he returned in 2012 to target John Cena. Well, naturally, the storyline now is that Lesnar won't be appearing on television until he wants to, which means it gives the fans even more of an incentive to dislike him. I see what Vince is doing. He's making the fans hate him so then they like who's going against him. Exactly. Well, that's the point, however, as Vince wants the fans to dislike Lesnar so that will be Reigns is universally cheered when he captures the championship or... They can both get the Goldberg-Lesnar treatment and both get booed yes, to fuck. exactly. Well, one eager W fan on Reddit has now revealed just how much Lesnar has been used on Monday Night Raw since becoming a Universal Champion at WrestleMania 33 by putting together an interesting graph. I love graphs. Is it a bar graph or a pie graph? It's a pie chart, yeah. A line graph. 
as you'll be able to see below, Lesnar has been on Raw for a total of 196 minutes of champion 15 months ago in Orlando, which equates to 2.2% of available screen time. <laughs> Clearly, it's not something fans are pleased about, considering Lesnar holds the biggest prize available on the red brand, and his inactivity is what seems to be holding up the entire division. Not only that, but Lesnar not featuring on Raw and holding the title is what seems to be stopping other talented stars from entering the title picture. Although Lesnar is a special attraction Vince wants, it's perhaps not enough for fans to be content with the highest-paced star holding one of the two biggest appearing on the programme. And now we've found out it's saying even worse as well. <laughs> the WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar reportedly won't take part in SummerSlam 2018 on August 19th at the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn, New York. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Before we go on with that, I thought wrestlers had to defend the title within 30 days, not 30 fucking months. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, you are right about that, yeah. But he won't be at SummerSlam. No, uh, that's what Mike Johnson of PW Insider reported. He said, we may not see him again until later in the year, which is madness if you think about the belt. Well, questions surrounding Lesnar's status extend to whether he's eyeing another return to UFC. Well, Brian Alaves of Wrestling Observer noted the 40-year-old former UFC heavyweight champion must enter the USADA testing pool by Friday in order to become eligible to fight sometime in 2018. It's unclear. Now USADA, to the best of my knowledge, will not reveal when a fighter has entered the testing pool. Alvarez says the fighter himself must make the announcement himself and I don't think Brock is going to be around saying he's in the USADA pool. Well, Lesnar's defended the belt just six times in high-profile matches in the 453 days since that victory on WWE's grandest stage against Goldberg. He's also put on a line on four occasions of house shows where title changes are extremely rare. Lesnar most recently, <coughs> Lesnar most recently defended... Lesnar rose... Lesnar most recently defeated Roman Reigns during April's Greatest Royal Rumble event in Saudi Arabia. Well, his lack of appearances, especially on WWE's weekly flagship Raw broadcast, is starting to become a concerning issue for the company. It's hard to build a consistently successful show when a top champion rarely appears, and it's also noticeable negative impact in recent months. It's fair to wonder where fans will start to turn against Lesnar when he does appear in favour of superstars working a full schedule like Braun Strowman and Finn Balor. Yeah, of course they will, you know. I mean, it's it's one of these things. Isn't it? I mean, how annoyed are you? Scala wants to ten with Brock Lesnar. I mean, how how annoying is it for you? It's it's getting up there. I think it's 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 only about a simmering twenty. Because <laughs> it is it. You you can't tell me as because I know you're a huge fan of Brock Lesnar. Not frustrating that the man that holds the top prize has just equ- has just beaten one of your favourite wrestlers streaks and he's yeah he's defended the fucking title six times yeah yeah i am and you know it is upsetting that that happened and this brock lesnar that has been about for the past five years it's not the brock lesnar that um that i liked even before so i think they just they need to kind of get rid of it now sort out this lesnar situation situation send him on his way to have his uh UFC fights and like I said the potential there Strowman could have been champion all year if they wanted to do that but instead it's Lesnar it's not Reigns' fault that WWE were doing it this is WWE's own, deci- WWE's own decision and in Vincent Mann but anyway enough of negati- negativity we'll move on to arrivals yes WWE announced the signing of Japanese wrestler Lo Shari or Io Shari I think it's Io Io NXT brand 
Saturday during a live event at the Ryugoku Sumo Hall in Tokyo. Well, she previously competed in Japan's World Wonder Ring Stardom, where she established herself as one of the world's most entertaining female wrestling wrestlers during two stints as a Wonder of Stardom champion. The dark side Ijutsu was originally on track to sign with WWE last year, but a neck injury was discovered during a medical exam with the company per stories. Well, now healthy, she's officially agreed to a deal to become part of NXT, the WWE's developmental brand based in Florida. Shari is set to join a group of female superstars led by Shayna Baszler, Candice LeRae and Kari Sane. Well, her extensive experience in Japan as well as her time wrestling in Mexico could put her on an accelerated path towards the W main roster. She could eventually become a key part of the ongoing women's evolution alongside Charlotte, Oscar, Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks. Yeah, we should say the World of Sport released their trailer for the... Uh, Series they got, I think it's 10 part episodes they got coming up with the series starting during the UK tournament. I thought it was great, and there's been a huge announcement. Dan, there has been a major announcement, major, major announcement, and that is the aerial assassin Will Ospreay is going to join the world of sport roster. And if you're going to watch, if you're not going to watch it, I would watch it just for that man there because he is amazing. The match that we saw against Ricochet was just out of this world and yeah just watch it if you're not an idiot yeah well exactly like I say the match against Ricochet WWE wants to sign him for a very long time he wants to do his own thing he's, he's, he's got very successful in Japan versus in America and of course in the UK and it's going to be really good to see of course people like Grado and others there as well but we'll keep you up to date with that because again we, we like all things British and there was a New Japan Pro Wrestling Tour here in the UK as well about that. So there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be focusing on. We're going to hopefully bring you a British special later on in the year, just looking back at the year. And even in WWE, even uh, there was a story about Chris Jericho having a cruise. And it's Chris Jericho cruise. They're going to have Ring of Honor versus Impact Wrestling matches there. And they're going to do it. So this kind of company's merging with each other and the impact on WWE. There's never been a better time to be a fan of professional wrestling. But anyway, back to uh, Io Shirara, and she's already getting challenges on the NXT roster. Yes, uh, she's on her way to WWE, which means she's going to NXT first, because everyone goes to NXT first. Everyone goes to NXT first anyway. Her entry into NXT might come with a good amount of hype, but that doesn't mean she'll have an easy time. Well, the former Stardom champion has already faced Kyrie Sane before, and it sounds like the Pirate Princess is looking to get another piece of the former and future co-worker once again. Bianca Belair also heard about Shari coming to NXT and obviously she isn't worried about her either. Belair commented that EO will be another indie worker she's better than. Well, it seems like Io uh, like coming in with all that attention might be getting an even bigger target in her back. Only time will tell if she'll be using NXT, but it looks like the line is forming in front of her. Um, face, huh? And finally about her as well. I mean, this is huge news because she was... She is, you know, I would say better than Oscar, but highly regarded in that way. And look what Oscar did. And now we're getting this. And she's finally revealed her new mask for WWE as well. Yes, as reported earlier, signed. No. After this event, Shari took to Twitter to reveal her new mask with a WWE logo on it. The caption with this, with said photo, read a new step, indicating her new journey with WWE has begun. Yeah, and you can see that. We'll post a link for it. But also, I mean, it's a red and blue mask, and it will be on her entrances. It's, it's 
kind of unlike anything you've seen. You, you all remember it with a big WWE in the middle. And we also got another arrival as well, kind of breaking as we finish the podcast. Who's that jumping out the sky? Who is it? Well, Rie, apparently it's Rey Mysterio. He has re-signed with a WWE. Well, according to our sources, Rey Mysterio is penciled in to return to WWE soon after he put pen to paper on a new two-year deal with his former company. The 43-year-old deal will begin on August 1st with Mysterio returning potentially as early as SmackDown in Brooklyn two days after SmackDown. Mysterio met with WWE official 10 days ago when Raw came to San Diego, California. Despite Vince McMahon's absence at the show... This was when the deal was ironed out and negotiations were finalised. I mean, you excited about Rey Mysterio coming back? I am excited. He got a great pop at uh, the Royal Rumble. And, yeah, I think it can be replicated. He's had a great run in WWE. And, um, you know, even if he's there just to help put other younger talents over, I think he can still he can still hold his own in the ring. Yeah, no, I most definitely agree with you. This is separate to his deal for WWE 2K19, where he's going to be the downloadable star. They've done it the past couple of years where the rest has actually come back. Sting, Goldberg, and now Mysterio. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And they've been wanting to replace Mysterio, like you say, for so many years. They're just going to bring him back. So <laughs> that's the way to deal with it, isn't I'll it? I just hope they don't drop him down to 205 like any better than that. Yeah, I think so as well. So, yeah, we have got a shitload of injuries to get through. And we start off with Sammy Zayn. He was rumoured to have suffered injuries to his shoulders, but the extent of the injuries was unknown until we found out. Well, WWE confirmed that Zayn tore both of his rotator cuffs and will be out of action for the remainder of 2018. Well, Zayn was said to have requested time off to fix some nagging injuries after he shoot with Bobby Lashley, and that concluded that Money Bank pay-per-view. It was reported that Zayn was dealing with shoulder injuries as well as bad knee, as well as a bad knee, and needed to be examined to determine how bad the damage was. Well, in an interview with WWE, Zayn said that he'd been working with an injury for some time. Shoulders was injured during a Montreal live event. He said that he'd gotten used to wrestling with his bad shoulder, but was told by the doctors in Birmingham that both his shoulders sustained injuries. It turns out I have two torn rotator cuffs. The left one and the right one are both torn. I well, just that, you, know, you haven't got a fucking front and a back one, have you? You know, you tits. <laughs> I, I just underwent surgery on the right one, and then in about six or seven weeks, I'll be undergoing surgery on the left one, and hopefully I can come back healthy and happy. And a face. Zane suffered a similar injury to his rotator cuff in the summer of 2015 when he wrestled John Cena for the United States Championship on Monday Night Raw. Well, despite returning to in-ring action in 2016, Zayn told WWE that his left shoulder never felt the same when he came back from his 2015 injury. So what's next? What is next? Zayn has successful surgery on his right shoulder and will have another surgery to fix the issues in his left shoulder in a few weeks. Well, he's not, project- mm. he's not projected to return to WWE until WrestleMania season, which would project him ready for returning in January 2019 at the earliest. So that is a shame with Sami Zayn. The hill's not working for him. But we don't like to see an injury, you know, and maybe that says how much punishment they take on the independent scene before you come here. Just build up after all these years, you know, and it is a shame. Well, this sucks. Mm. Arguably the best match of the evening at NXT TakeOver Chicago just a few few weeks ago was Danny Burch and Only Lorcan's attempt at winning the tag team titles from the undeserving era. They were unsuccessful, but Lorcan was a clear MVP of the match going out the full going all out the full way. Yeah, but unfortunately, it cost him. Indeed, according to reports, Lorcan suffered a broken orbital bone and he'll be undergoing surgery soon. 
That would be why he missed this week's NXT television tapings. Well, the time of the list couldn't be worse considering he was just getting a chance to shine. There's no current timetable for his return, but you can bet he'll be out for a while. Here's to hoping for a speedy recovery and a return to form that he was getting him over before the injury. And that is a, it's a shame, isn't it? Because they really were knocking out park. We've been huge fans of Lorcan and, and Most Birch. definitely, yeah. And uh, this, is, this is one that was really, really close to my heart. And it is The Fink. We would like to send along well wishes to WWE Hall of Famer Howard Finkel. We don't have many details, but he's been dealing with some health issues during the last several months. A friend of Finkel saw him a few months ago, and he lost weight, but it's unclear if that was anything to do with his current health issues. Fink's voice was used for the Untaker's introduction at the Raw 25th anniversary show in January, but we are told that the audio was pre-taped because Finkel was not able to travel. The 68-year-old is known by most... Long time WWE fans is the best ring announcer of all time, and I, I can vouch for that. Mm-hmm. He is also the longest tenured employee in the company. Finkel began working for Vince McMahon Senior's Worldwide Wrestling Federation in 95, two years before he was given the permanent role as a ring announcer. Finkel is also the man who coined the phrase WrestleMania based on the Beatlemania term. Well, he's on roll. His on-air role with WWE was reduced in the early 2000s when the company hired Lillian Garcia and Tony Chimmel, but he continued to work behind the scenes at the company's offices in Stanford, Connecticut. In recent years, he was a ring announcer for the W Hall of Fame introductions at WrestleMania, but he hasn't been at Mania since 2016. He told friends last year Mania 33 in Orlando because he was sick. And in April, he celebrated 38 years of employment with WWE. Yeah, so fair play to the Finkel, do you know what and I mean? And I hope he gets better soon. Here's wishing for a speedy recovery. Yeah. Move on to Jeff Hardy. WWE United States Champion Jeff Hardy has been known to pull off dangerous moves. And this year, Hardy has dealt with a number of injuries. In fact, he's suffering from just not just one but two injuries at the same time. Well, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Jeff Hardy's been working house shows with a pinched nerve and a leg injury. He's not been using his finishing move, the Swanton Bomb, at live events as a way of W protecting him by booking him in very short matches at live events so he can work through his injuries. Jeff did use the move during his match with Sanity on SmackDown, however. Hardy suffered a leg injury while doing his entrance at the May 17th SmackDown Live takings in a dark match against The Miz, which we was there at. Mm-hmm. Hardy was able to run the match. Yeah, we saw it, and we did see it straight when he came out, didn't he? What, yeah. like, kind of, I don't know if he, he kind of well, banged I'm, it. I'm sure I've got his entrance video on here. I'll, uh, I'll post it to Twitter, and, yeah, you can have a view for yourself. Mm. Uh, Hardy deported dinner with numbness in his fingers because of the nerve injury as well. And, uh, yeah, Hardy was set to defend his US Championship against Shinzuki fucking Nakamura last SmackDown. But, Sma- uh, Nakamura's but Nakamura himself without, was out with injuries after a police dog bit him. You're right. And that is, yes, uh, an Asian man getting bitten by a dog. I think it's uh, turnabout's fair play. Well, Nakamura, <laughs> I got to just got what you're saying. Nakamura appeared on the Thursday at W Live event in Tokyo on a crutch. And according to Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet, authorities confirmed Wednesday that a police dog accidentally bit Nakamura during a protective sweep at the Rabu Bank Arena in Bakersfield, California on Monday. The Bakersfield Police Department released the... <laughs> the Bakersfield... So I'm like, he couldn't make this shit up. <laughs> the Bakersfield Police Department released the following statement on the incident. On Monday, June 25th, 2018, officers of the Bakersfield Police Department Explosive Ordnance Disposal, EOD... <laughs> that should be fucking uh, Baron Corbin's <laughs> branch. 
We're conducting a predictive sweep of our Rabo Bank Arena in preparation for the WWE Live event SummerSlam Heatwave Tour. During the sweep, the end which consisted of an explosive detonation trained canine team and bomb technicians entered an area of the arena where an employee of the WWF <coughs> where an employee of the WWE was present. The canine entered the room to sweep for the presence of any explosive material. As the sweep took place, the WWE employee was accidentally bit by the canine. The employee sustained an in- injury to his lower left leg. Medical aid was immediately summoned to the scene and the employee was transported to a local area hospital. Well, PW Insider noted that Nakamura's leg was very sore from the bite. Well, Nakamura was supposed to face Jeff Hardy in a match for the United States Championship on Tuesday, like you said. However, he was pulled for the match due to his injury and Hardy faced Eric Young instead. WWE have announced Nakamura will face Jeff Hardy for the US title at Extreme Rules. Yeah, so that'll be something to look forward to. Hopefully, they're not too bad of injuries for both men. Cold the dog, Ruby. So, Ruby Riot suffered a knee injury during a live event this past weekend. WWE announced on Monday. Riot also underwent an MRI Monday to determine the severity of the injury. She most recently teamed with Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan to defeat Bailey, Sasha Banks and Ember Moon on a June 25th edition of Raw, which was her last televised match. A major knee injury major, would have come at a bad time as Riot and the Riot squad have failed to truly establish themselves on the main roster. The trio made a big impression when they debuted on SmackDown Live in November, but their momentum quickly fizzled. The WWE Superstar shake-up in April was a perfect time to break up the Riot squad, but the team simply moved to Raw instead. As a result of Riot's injury, WWE could realise that Riot, Morgan and Logan would benefit from heading back to NXT. None of the three was able to establish a developmental brand before getting called up. Especially if the Riot squad is without its leader. Morgan and Logan will have an even harder time building a profile in a stacked women's division on Raw. Bray Wyatt at fault in three-car accident, according to Crash Report. Yeah, I mean, we had this news, and uh, it was, oh, Bray Wyatt's involved here, he's missing Raw because of, you know, injuries and stuff. Oh, it's quite bad. And then the police report came out, and actually it looks quite bad for Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yes, indeed. Bray Wyatt wasn't paying attention to traffic when he smashed into the car in front of him and caused the driver to veer to the left and hit another vehicle, according to the Crash Report. Yeah, the WWE Raw Tag Team Champion was cited for careless driving due to his failure to operate his vehicle in a careful and prudent manner for the accident on Friday. His son Bray was distracted by while driving. The report simply said he was inattentive. Maybe it was Sister Abigail. She might have been sitting in the passenger seat. Wyatt was transported to Tampa General Hospital, General Hospital, <laughs> via ambulance, and as as reported, he suffered multiple injuries and was forced to miss out on WWE's live events over the weekend and Monday Night Raw. Well, fortunately, Bray was in good spirits when he talked when we talked to him Monday after his hospital release. He told us, "I'm going to live through it because I can't die." And talking of people that can die, Vader. Hey, hey, hey! Well. WWE showed a graphic at the start of Raw last week, but it was odd there was no video tribute to him aside from the one shown exclusively on their show social media platforms. A decision was made by Vince McMahon, not to mention Vader on Raw or SmackDown Live. It's weird because there were names that passed away that was not at the star level of Vader, and they got mentions on the show. Macho, Ma- Macho Man Randy Savage deservedly got a full tribute. He wasn't on good terms with the company, and Vader was. Superfly Jimmy Snooker, despite the baggage he had in his life with the 1983 murder allegations, was mentioned on Raw after his passing, and also Chris Benoit got a massive tribute as well. (laughs) Well, Dave Meltzer reported this week that WWE announcers were told not to mention Vader on the air. They did the same for Lance Russell, but in his case, WWE at least can say Russell never worked for them. 
in Vader's case, he did work for WWE, and they have footage where he made his name in the United States. The decision not to mention him is even more curious because they brought him back a few years ago for a match with Heath Slater on Raw and he inducted Stan Hansen into the Hall of Fame in Dallas. For those of you who missed it, here is a Vader tribute that was posted on YouTube. This did not air on television. The WWE family is mourning the recent passing of Leon White, better known to the WWE universe as the man they call Vader. An All-American at the University of Colorado, White was drafted to the NFL by his hometown Los Angeles Rams, where he would go on to compete in Super Bowl XIV. After an impressive career on the gridiron, White pursued his passion for sports entertainment, adapting the persona Big Van Vader. Vader, at the time, was the premier monster in the business. Big outfit, you just in awe. It's Vader time! Very few people had ever seen a guy that big, that agile. He was really a, a freak of nature. He just planted it with a powerbomb, and Vader has won the world title! Vader was the first true super heavyweight to display uncanny agility and athleticism in the ring. A three-time world champion in WCW, Vader's menacing persona made an immediate impact when he joined WWE in 1996. He just had so much power and strength. I mean, we're talking about a 400-pound guy that could do a moonsault off the top rope. Yeah, how does he do that? A mastodon-sized man with an equally prolific personality, Vader had fun portraying himself on the hit 90 sitcom, Boy Meets World. WWE offers our condolences to Leon's family and friends and will forever look back fondly on the man they call Vader. Well, Match, is it Sting or is it Cactus? I don't know what you fancy, Sting or Cactus? I think Sting. What do you think, Cactus? I was on Cactus, but I can find Sting. Give me a second. Well, they might not have done on TV, but WWE Network pays tribute to Vader with new collection. Yes, intimidating, entertaining and revolutionary. Vader was one of the most dominant big men in the history of sports entertainment. The masked powerhouse, the masked powerhouse's agility and athleticism set him apart in the ring. And his respect and compassion made the Mastodon an inspiration for many of today's biggest superstars. Relived the three-time world champion's remarkable career of a collection of memorable matches against the likes of Sting, Cactus Jack, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, and The Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, just go through some of Vader's matches here to see what he's done. So the contents, we've got the tribute video. We've got Top Giants Vader. We've got Most Imposing Big Men. Big Men. Vader. Table for Free, Vader, Sting, and DDP. We've got Leon White versus Stan Hansen. Leon White versus King Kong Brody. Vader... Vader versus Stan Hansen. Vader versus Sting on two occasions. Yeah, one at Starcade, and the other one we're going to watch right now. Um, we got Vader versus Ron Simmons. White Castle for fear, White Castle of Fear vignette. The Vader versus Sting White Castle of Fear strap match. The WWE mini movie Beach Blast 1993. Uh, we've 
got the Vader versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Lumberjack match. Vader versus Cactus Jack in a Tef in a Texas death match. Vader and Stunning Steve Austin versus Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Vader wins Battle Bowl. Hang on a minute. Uh, just look, we see Vader coming out here. And I think this is a really cool entrance, considering this is... We're going back... Fucking how long are we going back? 1992. We're going back 26 years. I think that kind of thing, the, the mask coming out with the lights on, I think it's all right. What do you think? Do you think it looks stupid? No, you're going to say it looks stupid. <laughs> I thought it looked kind of cool. Um... I think he certainly looks better than the Shockmaster's <laughs> attempt at a mask. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, but he puts it in the middle of the ring and then the imposing smoke will come out. And Vader looking to get hold of the WSW world title here. Yeah, I mean, Vader wins Battle Bowl, he said that. Vader versus Ric Flair. Vader versus Hulk Hogan. Uh, Vader coming soon, vignettes for WWE. Vader attacks Gorilla Monsoon. Vader and Owen Hart and British Bulldog versus Jake Roberts, Jokesoon and Amit Johnson. That's WrestleMania. Vader, Owen Hart and British Bulldog versus Shawn Michaels, Sid and Ahmed Johnson. Vader versus Shawn Michaels. That's SummerSlam 96. Vader versus Brett. Vader versus Undertaker. Vader versus Undertaker, Brett and Austin. That's an underrated match. That's Fatal 4 Way. That's a 1997 February pay-per-view if you could catch that one. Vader versus Rocky Maivia. Vader versus Undertaker in a casket match. Vader and Mankind versus British Bulldog and Owen Hart. Vader versus Owen Hart. Vader versus Kane. And who can forget Vader versus Heath Slater when he returned. But now here comes the All-American Sting Dad. I mean, does this bring you back to your child not this now? It's certainly a very different side of Sting. It's, uh, I think it's quite entertaining and good, actually, to be honest. Yeah, it's going to be quite cool to see this match because they, they, they played it right with this. With Hogan came along, he kind of ruined it. But the big move for Vader was obviously the Vader bomb, the power bomb, because he injured the back, or broke the back of an enhancement talent, Joe Turnham. It was an accident, but the kind of fear factor, when Hogan came along, guess what he did? The Hogan bomb. No, he got hit by the Vader bomb and then no-sold it. So then it oh, completely right. ruined the move forever. So, you know, and, and then... You know, Hogan, the thing with WCW as well at this time is that you always have the big hill getting a win first and then the Bayface would overcome it and Hogan wouldn't allow it. He had a great series with uh, Ric Flair. But Vader and Sting, probably the best feud that they had with WCW title on the line. And, of course, the legendary Harley Race at ringside managing Vader as well, who's still going. So credit to Harley, seven-time NWA champion. And look at the power. And these two impressive, they've got impressive figures, haven't they, as well? They have indeed, yeah. This is uh, before Sting was a bit more decrepit. I did like Sting like this. I thought it was great. Well, yeah, this is Sting kind of, I would say, he's got a baby face peak. He debuted in 87, 88 as the, the Stinger and feuded with Ric Flair over the title. And, of course, Flair would not be in WCW at this time. WWF and Sting was there to kind of carry it, wasn't he? He was a face. He was a John Cena, if you were, of WCW at this time. But people actually liked him. And people actually did like him, yeah. And, and Cactus Jack, you know, Mick Foley were, had against Sting and the kind of monster come along and Sting was trying to even the odds. But the thing I like about Vader as well is his style. The clubbing blows that he's got, he's kind of like the way Brock Lesnar should wrestle if he wants to, you know. And we'll, I think we'll see it in this match as he's talking to the crowd at the moment. Huge clothesline, takes Sting down and there's Sting are in trouble already. Harley Race saying, look, can't get back in the ring. And now Vader trying to Irish whip Sting. Sting with a clothesline attempt, but Vader just saying, no, nah, mate, it's going to take a lot more than that. Sting looking to launch a flying crossbody, but Vader catches him and just throws him halfway across the ring. That's how a true monster should be, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like kind it of is indeed, yeah. Imposing like that, not letting him be slammed. 
See Ron Simmons looking on. Of course, we've got... Damn! <laughs> we've got Jesse the Body Ventura. Vader and Sting. And the big man saying, bring it on, Colin Obo, tie up. Again, Vader being a stronger of the two, just powering out of it. The, the forearms look like they fucking kill. They look like five arms. Sting moves out of the way, though. Vader hits a tuck, quick body drop. Bounces against the ropes and manages to close on the Mastodon down. And eliminates him from the Rumble. Oh, Vader nearly landed on his feet, but rolls into the unprotected barricade. And now Sting's got the fans behind him as he woos. Woo! 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 But Vader is back to his feet and highly raised. Just wants my right. Commentators are really close to the ring as well. Oh, <laughs> well, JR's joined him now as well. That's nice. It's a slabberknacker. Well, it's a great American bash, and Vader's taking his time to get back in. We're going to get our bash on again. Well, Vader's had that precious time to recover, but Sting's recovered as well. Wary of what Vader has in store. Vader wants to test his strength. Sting's saying, should I trust him, boys and girls? And Sting being the upright individual is. He's saying, yeah, I'll do it. Test his strength. Sting can barely reach the hand of Vader. He's, he's just not feeling it at the moment. He needs a fan support behind him. He thinks Vader's going to cheat. Vader's saying, no, I'm just going to beat you with power. There we go, Vader straight power, takes Sting's arm down. Oh, and Sting's the one who cheats with a thumb to the eye and some big rights to the face. A stomp to the foot and a big right to send Vader to the mat. And a lovely high-leaping drop kick there from Sting as well. Vader looked a bit shocked and he's on the apron now. Sting with a kind of drop kick to Vader. Sting brings Vader back into the ring the hard way. Well, that was an impressive show of strength. Can he get him down? No. Only a two count. Two, oh my word. And Sting trying a big chest bump with Vader, but coming off second. No, he just ran into a brick wall. Fortunately for Sting, this brick wall wants a WCW title. And this brick wall hits back. <laughs> yeah. Vader, Irish whip to Sting. Sting. Sting holding on, though. A couple of kicks to Vader, rocking him. Third time lucky, and Vader goes down, but up quite quickly. Sting with a quick roll-up. One, two... Oh, uh-huh. he goes out to have a couple of words with his manager, try and calm his nerves, try and cool himself down, compose himself. Well, it is big man versus little man. Harley Race getting annoyed. The cameraman can hear what the game plan is. Vader's speed and quick, or Sting's speed and quickness needs to be the advantage of this one. But Vader needs to win the match. Yes, and Vader's just got on his side. It's imposing power, that's for sure. He is a big bull. He's a mastodon. Sting with a sunset flip. Looking to send Vader over, but Vader just drops onto the chest of Sting, probably breaking a few ribs in the process. Well, I think he's definitely got internal bleeding after that. And Vader, even though he's like big, not a bad build, his shoulders are still quite impressive, I think. Yeah, but he's stayed similar size throughout his career. Was this early 90s, 93? Yeah, 92, so... Basically the same look at it for a while. Yeah. Obviously a little bit different against Heath Slater, but we'll let him off. Of course. I just can't believe how different he looks when that mask comes off. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have expected it to look like that underneath. We were shocked in 1998 when he did that. Yeah, we were just like, what? You can go back and listen to that. We've seen Vader recently, yeah. I've always liked Vader. always liked the ball as he goes to the slam. When used right, the monster, I should say. Goes to the cover and Sting's going to flatten him out. No! Sting just getting the shoulder up at two. Two. But he is the face of WCW. And he just deadlifts Sting up to his feet, picks him up, and he's just choking him out, and then throws him down. Well, there's nothing Sting can do about this. 
been just a methodic beatdown from Vader. He has been a rag doll. Vader's got superior size, and now he's working a leg. Well, how'd you get a man that can outrun you uh, to slow down? You take out his legs. Exactly, in a spinning toe hold. Going to try and get the job done. Sting trying to fight out by kicking Vader, but Vader just catches the swinging leg. Sting's got to be careful. His shoulders aren't down as well, so he's, he's, he's caught multiple ways. We see the back of two guys' heads. Oh, now, now Vader's turned it. He's got a sharpshooter locked in. A bit of an insult to Sting as well, having that move locked in. And Sting's now arm has dropped once. We're going to have a new champion. No, Sting manages to just stay in it. And look at the power of Sting picking himself up. <coughs> Vader there just clubbing blow to the leg, sends Sting back down. Mandy Johnson might have no chance. But Vader's not relinquishing the uh, sharpshooter. I think he's getting a bit tired as Sting's managed to power out of it. Quite surprising. Well, Harley Race can't believe it either. But how long was that submission on for? The damage might be done. But Sting somehow managed to get to his feet. But Vader still pretty much in this match. Big right hand drops Sting with a Ric Flair-like bump. Vader in complete control. Another shot to the face. Backed up into the corner. Well, if this was a boxing match, it would be over by now. Now Vader, Irish whip to Sting and a clothesline sends him down. Vader said it's over. Who's the man? You the man, Vader. Keep on him, though. Don't go pandering to the crowds. You are going against the champion, after all. Picks Sting up by his head. Slams him down, dropping all his body weight onto him as well. But still, Sting managing to kick out. Oh. I can't believe Sting's still got the fight to stay in this one. Vader now might be getting a little bit annoyed. Probably getting frustrated, thinking, what can I do to put this man down? Maybe Sting's thinking to himself, I've just got to take this punishment. I've got to wait, wait until Vader wears himself out a little bit. Try and make a comeback there, but at this moment, it's not working. Sting is just getting picked apart by Vader. But as I say that, finally Sting is coming out the corner and fighting back. Ducks Vader's attempt. Oh, what's that, like a flipping heel kick? <laughs> Takes the big man down. Well, Sting's showing a little bit of fire now, trying to get back into this one. Plants Sting with a DDT. But he's, sorry, Sting plants Vader with a DDT. But he's too tired to take advantage of it. Maybe it gives him a second to get his breath back. But Vader already stirring. And incredibly, Vader's getting to his feet. The shoulder bar sends Vader to the outside of the ring. Sting sacrifices his body to try and take Vader out. Well, Vader is recovering quicker. I think he's having a voice of his manager in his ear. You know, willing him to get back into this match. Vader to keep his head, keep on it, stick to it. This is for the title, don't forget. And Vader making his way to the top. But Sting's up. Well, cuts him off as Va and Vader's hanging prone over the top turnbuckle. Sting with some running punts to the midsection. One more time for good measure. Vader's in serious trouble. Sting, no. He can't, man, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but he is. He's picking Vader up, all 450 pounds of him. And what's Sting going to try and do? Look at him shaking. He's shaking with the power of Vader on him. Some mowing drop. The fans explode. They think this is it, but Sting can't get the shoulder over. Finally gets to turn one, two. Oh, but Vader managing to kick out. Uh, no, that wasn't Sting's last gasp. He's trying to maybe German suplex Vader. Vader with a big back elbow. Sting with a side headlock, though. Sting will not give up. Oh. 
Sting managing to roll through, but he hit referee in the face. Oh, hit the German, but Vader managing to kick out. Oh, well, the referee recovered quickly there, but maybe he's out of position for a couple of seconds. Great strength by Sting. Picking up the weight of Vader, dropping him down. How much more energy has Sting got left? Drop kicks him back into the corner. Sting, uh, Sting drop kicks Vader in. Stinger splash. Vader is in serious trouble now. He's rocking. Sting pushes him to the opposite corner. Got his head against the top turnbuckle. Stinger splash from behind. Oh, my God. Well, Sting went high in low. Did his head hit the ring post? I think he might, though. I think he's out for the count. Vader falls back and just sits down. Well, referee saying it's about Harley Race now. Shout at Vader saying he's out. Well, Sting's back up. Oh, Uh-oh. no, he's back down. Oh, oh my he's God. busted open. Vader with the cover. One, One two. two. Oh. oh, but Sting... Just managing to kick out. Ah. Well, the toughness is Sting after being busted wide open. He's a tough SOB. Now Vader wondering what to do. Sting's a bit punch drunk and Vader's ducking Sting's onslaught. Sting just collapses to the (laughs) ground in a lump. And I think Vader senses now it is, it's time, it's time, it is Vader's time. Sting is dead weight and Vader going to set him up. For the Vader bomb, if he hits this, we've got a new champion. Bang. One, two, three. Oh, my God. And Sting has been defeated by Vader. And your new world heavyweight champion, Vader. Well, I mean, just imagine John Cena, Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan having a match against a monster like this and a monster doing this to them, you know? I mean, it's quite incredible to think that. The powerbomb folded Sting up in half. The punishment he took in this match was something else. And Vader is the new WCW champion of the world. I mean, I think that was a good match, Dan. We were I thought that was a very good match, yeah. Especially for, you know, that day and age. It wasn't your classic style wrestling that we get nowadays. But we wouldn't expect it to, you know. This is, what, 25 years old. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I think the important thing is that it tells a great story with it. You know, it's big man, little man. This time the big man came up on top. The good thing about what WSW used to do back in the day as well is their next match they have at Starcade after a few months, Sting gets his revenge on Vader, you see. So, yeah, that's what I quite like about it. And you see the replay there, Sting not really having any impact with the turnbuckle. But still, a story told, and Vader wins the WSW Even Championship. pin as well, you know, he's just got all his weight onto the shoulder. Sting barely able to hold his own weight. You know, it was a really well-worked match. Exactly. And, and the thing with Vader as well, this shows that he could go at a style. He could go at the speed of a Vader or a Shawn Michaels or, a you know, wh- whoever else and have a good match with him. He was a great big man, you know. So I think it's good that we celebrated his life finally on the WNR podcast. But unfortunately, it's not the only death because we've had another one this month. And uh, this one is 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 pretty tough one. And uh, WWE... Well, Matt Capitelli has passed away. This is from the WWE. Well, WWE is saddened to learn that Matt Capitelli, a promising superstar who was a co-winner of WWE Tough Enough 3, passed away Friday at the age of 38. His death was first announced by his wife, Lindsay Capitelli, on her Facebook page. Today, my love, my strong, sweet, beautiful love, took his last breath at 3.30am and went home to be with Jesus 
Exactly one year after his brain surgery, she wrote in a post. Matt Capitelli, who previously proved his athletic prowess as a member of the Western Michigan University football team, quickly made a name for himself in sports entertainment as a co-winner of Tough Enough Free. He shared the victory in twenty. Uh, he shared the victory in two thousand and three with John Hennigan, who later became known as John Morrison. After coming out on top of the WWE reality competition, the duo quickly started their training in Ohio Valley Wrestling to become future superstars. Well, Capitelli's OVW training was cut short in 2006 due to initial brain cancer diagnosis that was treated one year later. Ten years after surviving the first battle, his cancer resurfaced in 2017 and worsened later in the year. Fucking horrible when you hear it. It is, yeah. In 2017, Capitelli spoke with WWE.com about his second bout with cancer. Despite the troubling outlook, he continued to publicly fight his illness in hopes his story might help others find the strength to keep fighting their battles too. He says, life is the most precious gift we're given. If we can inspire others to not give up on life, they are blessed to have. That's what I'm trying to spread. Hope. WWE extends his his condolences to Matt Capitelli's family, friends and fans. Well, the superstars remember him as well. And John Morrison, like we said, co-winners, put my first best friend in the wrestling business and to this day, one of the best people I've ever known. Matt Capitelli has passed on. I'm gutted about this news. Matt inspired everyone around him, especially me in my career. He is loved and will be missed. And uh, other superstars shared their memories and condolences. (coughs) Stephanie McMahon said, hashtag RRP, Matt Capitelli. You showed everyone what it means to never give up. And to always stay positive, it was an honour to know you. Uh, Cassius Ono said, crushed to hear about the passing of Matt. He was talented, passionate and possessed of a heart of gold. Everyone should fight as hard as Matt fought. Condolences to his friends, family and countless others he's touched in his journey. Rest in peace, Cap. Uh, Shelton Benjamin said, saddened to hear the passing of Matt Capitelli. He was a great guy who deserves so much more. R.I.P. brother. The Miz says in 2005, Matt and I were going to be brought up to WWE SmackDown as a tag team reality check. One day, out of nowhere, he called me and said he'd just been diagnosed with brain cancer. On the phone, even with the scary news, he remained positive and was going to fight to beat cancer. He has been fighting for his life ever since. Every time I saw him, he was positive and always had a smile on his face. Today, we lost a good one. A true fighter, my condolences, his wife and family. Matt, you will be missed, my friend. Lance Storm said, Very saddened to hear that Matt Capitelli passed away. I had the privilege of working with him, working with and getting to know Matt during my time in OVW. If everyone strived to be half the human being Matt was, the world would be a wonderful, wonderful place. Well, Mickey James says, Rest easy, my friend. So grateful I had the opportunity to know you, to laugh with you, to make so many memories in OVW together with you. They say only the good die young. That rings all true with you. Your heart belongs with the angels. Drake Maverick said, uh, RIP Matt Capitelli. What a wonderful, brave man. You fought harder than anyone could ever imagine. Rest peacefully. Condolences to the family. And Tommy Dreamer says, Blessed to know, Matt, since his wrestling journey began, he was more hardcore and tougher enough than any person I've ever known. Glad to have reconnected with him. He never stopped fighting or questioned his faith. Great human being. And, I mean, all the Twitter messages about him have been... Absolutely positive, and not a bad word has been said. Uh, and it's great to hear. And it's a damn shame what happened, uh, but it's nice that he's he's getting his due at this time as well. And uh, you know, it, it's sad news, isn't it? But it is, yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that's what happens in life. And I think it proves to us that you, you've got to live life to the fullest and do what you want to do. You know. So after that, we'll try and move on. And our favourite time of the month. 
We've come down. Now we're going to bring everybody back up because it's time. And when does NXT update start? Now. we go it's june 20th episode 455 highlights of all the matches from last saturday at takeover chicago 2 bring us into the episode along with a scroll of social media messages from ww superstars and legends about vader well vic joseph nigel mcginnis and percy jackson slash watson welcome us to the all-state arena well bianca belair with the long hair defeated dakota kai via pinfall following her torture rat sick sit out face buster well bianca brings the fight right to kai pie facing and shoving her but dakota runs the ropes to get away and lands some kicks which get her a cover even to cinch a gut wrench to start working the power game she eventually hurls her hells her into the corner and follows up with her shoulders then hits a delayed vertical suplex and bounces kai for top rope before finishing it for good measure she stretches Dakota and punches to the midsection, then Bianca slams her down and talks trash. She tries to bounce Belair off all four sides of the ring on her next delayed vertical, and that lets Kai slip free for a roll-up. Bianca reigns control. She gets her knees up on a splash attempt and follows up with an insiguri for a near fall. She does the face wash, kicks in the corner, but gets caught trying to climb for an aerial assault. Dakota dodges a braid attack but gets caught with a stiff forearm and then gets picked up for the closer. Well, Percy narrates a recap of Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet. That says to Kathy Kelly four-hour interviews with each man. Rick says he's proven he's not a gift. The spotlight doesn't belong to Dream and it's on him now. Velveteen cryptically says, I said Dream over in Chicago. What do you think? Takeover women's title match gets the same treatment. Kelly's interview with Shania Baszler, Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke where the champ says you defeat Chaos by sucking in the air out of it and putting it to sleep is show and still. Well, Lars Sullivan and Alistair Black, NXT Championship match gets the full cinematic W production. It skips the whiffed and sold Black Mass, obviously, and looks pretty fantastic overall. We see Black to come in an interview with Mike Rome after his win, selling how much damage he took. Watson slash Jackson recaps Saturday night's tag team opener and puts over the losing team. Kelly interviews only Lorcan and Danny Birch backstage. Birch says he's heartbroken they lost, but left it in the ring. Lorcan calls it the biggest match and the biggest loss of their career. No mention of the events in London with the undeserving era this week. Well, epic video package on Tommaso Chumper's street fight win over Johnny, Gaga- Johnny Gargano. Alistair Black will be here next week. EC3 is interviewed entering the Performance Centre. He says takeover was great, but missing the top 1%. He's been, to- he's been turning NXT into NX3 with victory after victory after victory. And now he's here to march into William Regal's office and demanding the top competition. He's calling his shot, and when EC3 calls his shot, he does not miss. As he's walking away, the interview- interviewer asks him who he's going to request to face, and EC3 yells, Damn right about that. EC3 fears no man. But our main event is the War Raiders versus the Mighty 
Now, the Mighty coming out here, and they are, of course, TM61. Used to be known as the Mighty Don't Kneel, so now they're kind of going back to that. And they've got the heelish, haven't they? You've got Shane Fawn and Nick Miller here. Shane Fawn on the left. Someone with a beard, Miller not. Yeah, and they're coming out here. They look to be in action, and we talk about the NXT Tag Team Division being open. We've got the Raw Raiders. They've not really impressed you. As Have, have they impressed you? I don't no, know. no, I've not. I'm going to put anything in your mouth. Overly, I won't be the first time for that, but no, I'm not overly impressed with the Fridge Raiders. No, and I'm still not sure about the uh, Mighty Look Like they're kneeling because we've not really seen a big victory. Will this be one tonight? You know, uh, it might be an interesting matchup. See you next in line. But of course, the undisputed era, but we start off here, and it's uh, Miller and Fawn starting. Go well, right. they take out Hanson, and uh, they turn their attentions both to Rowe. Rowe's in a bit of trouble now, and he screams at the mighty. Thorn's in, telling the referee to start this, a running boot. Well, that's beautiful by Rowe there. Now he's got... Miller. Miller. An exploder suplex for Miller, sends him out the ring. As he tags in Hanson... Big Hanson and the crowd are behind him. And Rowe's going to throw him into Hanson. Now he picks him up. He's going to squash him. Oh, oh my God. Dear. And Shane Fawn in all sorts of trouble. Wouldn't want to be in issues right now as he tags Rowe back in. Well, you could row, row, row your boat gently down the stream, I think, with the mighty at the moment. Oh, no. Well, Hanson was looking to go up top to finish this, but uh, he gets knocked off by Miller. Thorn with a roll up. But Rowe managing to kick out. Ah, had a foot on the ropes as well and a nice knee there. And now Nick Miller's getting a tag in legally this time. And he's going to go straight after Rowe. Is it Miller time? <laughs> the new aggressive side for the mighty, but all oh, Rowe fight. Both teams want to send a statement here. He gets shoved to the outside by Miller. <clears throat> and now Fawn's running knee to the jaw. And the War Raiders might suffer their first loss here. He gets thrown into the ring. Thorne gets tagged in. Oh, like a swinging neck breaker there. One, two. Oh. But Rowe managing to kick out. Oh. And Thorne really angry with that. And that was an impressive double team move, but couldn't get the job done. And unfortunately for them, Hansen now is up looking for a tag. And he looks a bit pissed off now. Oh, now Fawn sending him back to his corner, but Rowe's fighting out. Just as I say that. Yeah, drop kick from Fawn. He <laughs> runs into Hansen, and uh, Hansen just roars at him. Oh! A running cannonball there, but that misses. Gets a tag into Hansen, a high back body drop. He calls in Miller. He gets a power slam for his troubles. A running cross body puts him down. Spinning slam for Fawn. Oh, my God. God, that was impressive there by Hanson. A lovely cartwheel, clothesline downs. Thorn. Rowe gets the tag back in. This could be the end. Will it be the fallout? No. <laughs> well, that was impressive there. Pushed him up right into that power slam. But Miller stopped it, and now he's going to pay. Oh, my God. Well, that big Hanson could definitely move. Suicide dive. I thought it was only Killian Dane, but no, we've got another big man who can go. You can't say the War Raiders don't look impressive in this one. Oh, my God. Well, it's Shane... like takedown, followed by just a big punt to the chest. Yeah, I think Fawn's out. If he's not out, he will be in a minute. Some out. Here comes Hanson. Hanson perched on top. A clothesline off the top. Oh, my God. 
That was a very decisive victory for the uh, Fridge Raiders there. Well, I'm very, very impressed by the War Raiders there. I'm very worried about the Mighty at this moment. That was kind of a squash. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? Yeah, you know, the War Raiders are, are slowly growing on me. I think they've still got a little bit more work to do. They're certainly over with the crowd, you know, with their uh, Devil's Horns uh, salute and their, their wacky tags with the forearms. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give him a chance. I'm not going to write him off like I've written off Leo Rush. Yeah, I know. All right, we'll see what happens. Move on to our next episode, XT, episode 456, June 27th. Yes, Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watson slash Jackson welcome us to the formus, forming us of the tag title change in London and reminding us Tyler Bate and Trent Seven will be wrestling tonight. Yes, your new NXT tag team champions. Well, talk about that. The NXT champ is here, and he's rising in a three-piece suit, minus the jacket, and his belt around his waist. Alistair Black win in Royal Albert Hall is mentioned, but not in detail. After the cheering dies down, Black says adversity and overcoming it defines the champion. In Chicago, adversity name was Lars Sullivan. Sullivan truly is a freak of nature, but Alistair makes him fade to Black. Before we can continue, Tommaso Ciampa hits the stage as a full staff chance. You suck. Sorry, was that a Black's theme tune singer in the room? Really well, Johnny Gargano. Well, Ciampa says the Ciampa says Black faced adversity, and now it's time for him to face the devil. Tommaso says his act with the candles is smoke and mirrors. They say the title doesn't make him the man, but in Alistair's case, the title does make him. While Black was barely surviving at TakeOver, Chumper was beating Johnny freaking wrestling in the main event with his hands literally tied behind his back. And now that he's put Gagano in his rear view, he's coming for the belt. The champ says that if William Regal makes that match, he'll kick Tommaso's lights out. Champa calls him boy and warns him that he'll, he has more than the title on the line. His mystique will be extinguished and like those candles, if they get in the ring together... Because Alistair Black, because the Alistair Black fairy tale will be over. Yeah, we see Lars Sullivan's X-ray showing him he wrestled champ with a broken jaw in Chicago. Report reporters interview Vanessa Bourne, who says she's not worried because she knows she'll be the next NXT Women's Champion. Then she asks them a question: Why does Kari Sane dress like a pirate? Because she are. <laughs> <laughs> What's worse than people loving her for it? Well, should be re- we should be worshipping Bourne, and when she gets sane in the ring, she'll prove it. Well, Connor Reeves defeated Max Humberto via pinfall for her wine drop. Squash, but Humberto got in a few punches after a million-dollar man-like back elbow drop. That was shut down by Big Boot, and that was basically that. My name, yes, my name is Humberto. <laughs> We get quick highlights of Mustache Mountain winning the tag team titles from Roger Strong and handsome Carl O'Reilly. Candice LeRae defeated Lacey Evans via pinfall following a springboard quebrada. Yeah, the first lady postures after getting the best of an early strike in the exchange. Then Candice takes to her arm. Jackson gets back in control by Great LeRae's face slash eyes across the top rope and then targeting Candice's left arm with a kick and slamming it into a ring post. The handstand Bronco Buster gets two. Then Lacey puts her opponent in the modified Cobra Clutch. The Ray gets free and hits a few moves with one arm, but can't press her advantage. Chots from Candice with right back Evans into the corner. Back elbow, a face buster, an inverter breaker, and the big finish. 
Johnny Gagano is watching backstage and Catherine, how you doing? He says Candice is his favourite wrestler, but he can't enjoy the match because he keeps replaying Chicago in his mind. He keeps thinking of Ciampa taking off his wedding ring, spitting on it and throwing it away. And then winning anyway. The way Johnny sees it, it isn't over. They've each won one, so he's going to Regal's office to demand another match with Tommaso. He doesn't care where it happens, even a grocery store, but this isn't finished until his former tag partner is finished. My God, that's some serious stuff. Heavy machinery is grinning some sausages, but Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovic are not feeling like fun and games. They want to pay the mighty back for Nick Miller and Shane Fawne cheating them out of the win. Percy Watson slash Jackson tells us about a tweet from the GM saying Johnny needs to move on from Tommaso so next week he'll face EC3. Oh, shit. I mean, EC3 won the competition, but Gagano is a man possessed at the moment. Well, Candice talks to Kelly, who asks how she's focusing on her own crew with everything that's going on with her husband. She says she's made a mistake before of letting his stuff get in the way of her dream. While she's still concerned about him, she's done worrying about him. In a way, his passion and dedication inspired her to go after the NXT Women's title. And it is Mustache Mountain versus Dave Dixon and Carl Axelrod. Yeah, so we're going to... That is like a porn star. (laughs) Yeah, that is great. Carl Axelrod. So we're going to see the NXT Tag Team Champions come out here right now. This is the first time we are seeing Mustache Mountain. Show us. Show us us your goods, boys. They got the jackets on. Jacket off, guys. Jacket off. Yes. Look at them titles. Look at the response from the crowd. New LXT Tag Team Champions, Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. And what a moment it was down at the UK tournament, wasn't it? I was absolutely beside myself. (laughs) Not only did Undisputed Era lose the titles, but Mustache Mountain gained them. It was a hell of a a night. And if you want to go back and listen to that, if you haven't already, go back. That was our last podcast, the WWE UK specials. Two great nights of shows. But Mustache Mountain are here now, like you say, going against a, a... Porn star. Wow, Carl Axelrod. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them. They are top of the NXT Tag Team Mountain, James. They are, indeed. And the top of the moustaches as well. They've got smiles on their faces. And listen to the Moustache Mountain chant. Axelrod. Axelrod. So here comes Dixon and Rod. Oh, they, look frack. they look like a couple of skinny Usos. And a chubby Uso. <laughs> it's a chubby Uso, yeah. But it looks serious. Oh! Undeserving era. Obviously bitter about losing their titles. Come out and attack the challengers. Oh, what is this about? And Kyle O'Reilly with the knees and throws. And Dixon just got in the heart. I can phone off the stage. I'm actually very surprised that Adam Coe actually attacked someone without him being down injured. No, he just attacked him from behind. Oh, well, yeah. The that's... NXT North American champion. <clears throat> well, Undisputed Era got on the mic, and they're sa- what only Seven and Bait got lucky, only because they were in London, but they don't have now. But now they don't have their whole dumpy country behind them. It's back to being their era, 
and it's undisputed, and then Adam Cole gets on the mic and says some shit I'm not listening to. Roderick Strong there as well, and they're going to circle the ring. And again, the numbers advantage Unspeak they were going to use, aren't they? Because that's what they have to do. That's the only thing they can do. And here we go. They're going to come in. Three-on-one disadvantage to the tag team champs. But who's this? Who's going to save the day? Oh. It is the one and only Ricochet <laughs> to save the day. Bang. Look at that superhero pose, James. No Adam Cole, baby. Right. Ricochet's not going to let that go down that way. Well, he's here to eat odds and three on three. And tell you what, that doesn't look too bad, does it, at the moment? Three great wrestlers against the undeserving era. So we're back for the break, and Mr. Regal has said that it's going to be a six man tag team main event. And what a way to start. Well, say what a way to start. What a main event this is. Indeed, yes. And it is uh, Kyle O'Reilly starting off with Tyler Bate. Well, handsome Kyle O'Reilly takes down Tyler Bate. And, uh, I mean, you love Mustache Mountain, and they team up with Ricochet. You must be over the moon at this. I am indeed, yes, James. It is just like uh, when EC3 teams up with the Hype Bros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And <laughs> again, especially to beat up someone like the other dude, have a chance to beat up Adam Cole. If you could pick anybody to do it, Ricochet. I mean, that's a good choice. Indeed, yes. A new challenger for the North American Championship, I'd like to see. Oh, my God. Trent Seven's an impressive. He's got handsome Kyle O'Reilly on his shoulders. Knocks Adam Cole down. There's Tyler Bates springboard in. Hilo over the top for Ricochet. He calls in Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, Roderick Strong. But he backs down, of course, because his back isn't turned. Quick tags between these three impressive performers. Oh, my God. Is that a ripcord elbow smash, but Carlo Riley manages to get out of it. Oh, my God. An arm breaker on Trent Seven drags him back to the undeserving era corner, and Adam Cole tags himself in. Might as well just take a dump in the ring and call it Adam <laughs> Cole personally, but... Well, I don't know. He has impressed me in recent times. You know, he successfully defended his North America Championship against Wolfgang at the Royal Albert Hall. Oh, my God. Just planted with a DDT, Trent Seven with a cover, but only getting a two count. Two. He thought he blocked the chop, but got caught with a DDT instead. And he's in the wrong part of town at the moment. Tyler Bate gets tagged in. Adam Cole trying to fight out from the Mustache Mountain duo. And he he get... gets planted by Trent Seven, tags Roddy Strong in. I think Roger Strong got the blind tag, but he's got caught now with a slam. Undeserving era. Oh. <laughs> Backflip <laughs> from Seven? No, <laughs> just a back set. <laughs> Ricochet's in. He gets a tag from Tyler Bate. Takes down handsome Kyle O'Reilly. And now is he going to get the back sent on treatment too? No, he's flipping straight over and landing on both uh, Strong and Cole. Goes for a cover on Strong. Or Strong managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Very impressive by Mustache Mountain and, and Ricochet. Ricochet. And Ricochet's got a mustache as well, so he might be involved in the crew. It's not just beards, like we say. It's not just mustaches. So they've both got beards at the moment. Strong, big boot, and bait. <laughs> Call out the old bait and switch. Oh, plants Adam Cole. Carlo Riley looking for three shots. He gets caught as well. And Tyler Bait is looking fucking awesome. Uh, he took all three men out without that punch, but now Strong's got him on his shoulders. Backslide from Bait. Hey, oh, oh, Tyler Bate looking for his lovely spring off the top rope but gets caught with a kick from Adam Cole because that's the only thing you can do is hit someone 
when he shouldn't be hitting someone. Yeah, O'Reilly was distracting the referee. you got to admit, it's good teamwork for the Undisputed Era. And Adam Cole is in because Tyler Bate was, of course, on his back. Yeah, now he's stomping down Tyler Bate. He's showing an aggressive side. And here comes Kyle O'Reilly. They are not happy. They lost the NXT Tag Team titles. Quite upset when Ricochet takes that title from Adam Cole's hands. And now Kyle O'Reilly mocking Mustache Mountain. And that's going to be a mistake. Tags in Roddy Strong. On a chop to bait and then a hand stomp. And he's being worn down. Strong's got the submission. Now he turns it as well. So Tyler Bates basically choking himself. It's a variation of transmission, isn't it? Yeah, very impressive by Strong. Bates getting to his feet, though. Well, Bates with the arm drag, but gets caught with a drop kick from Strong. Roddy with a cover up, too. Oh, oh but Bates managing to kick out. Ah. Uh, Strong bringing Bates back in the undisputed area's corner, and Adam Cole's in. Might be the most action Adam Cole's had in a while. Adam Cole now suplex, snap suplex, Tyler Bates, float over. Bates managing to kick out. Oh. And then. Got his name for a second. Adam. <laughs> James Storm. Um, He's not that memorable. Adam Cole now with a sleeper. Ricochet desperate to get in, and so is Trent Seven. Crowder behind him, and Bates get to his feet. Tyler Bates managing to fight out, but gets caught with a back elbow from Adam Cole. And <coughs> Adam, Adam Cole. He got him at Adam Cole. No, is, I haven't got to admit anything, James. I tell you what, right? You've got to say. I'd rather shit in my hands and clap than say anything nice about Adam Cole. All right, fair enough. What about the Unspeakable Era, though? What about Kyle O'Reilly? Kyle O'Reilly, I've got a bit of time for him. And I think someone who's really performing well is Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish has been missing out a little bit. Exactly. That's the best thing he can do. Uh, That's a bit unfair. But Adam Cole, I think, is bringing it a little bit. And they've worked well in this match. They've had Tyler Bate down for a I respect Ashley Cole more. And you know my thoughts about him. Yeah, that's true. All right, that's not... Going there, but Roderick Strong shoulder breaker on Bate. Can't get the job down low, yeah. and then again back. <coughs> They're working over the uh, the smaller man, but he may be the smallest, but I think he might be the toughest out of the Mustache Mountain Ricochet combo. I think we've seen the heart and the fight that Tyler Bates had to uh, go through, especially being so young as well. Was he 19, 20 years old? 20 years old, Tyler Bate is. And he's already been NXT UK and Tag Team Champion. But he might be out just then. Strong hits him with a beautiful back elbow. He's been NXT Champion. NXT UK Tag Team Champion. <laughs> NXT Tag Team and UK Champion. Thank you. And Bate fine out of the corner. Lovely exploder suplex there. Can he get a tag to Ricochet or Trent? Well, he's finally got some separation. Ricochet's begging for it. Ricochet springs over the top board. Takes out O'Reilly. Adam Cole looking to cheap shot him, but he gets taken out. Roddy Strong looking for a close on. He gets ducked. O'Reilly. Oh, how lovely. Hesses his takedown. Roddy Strong in from behind. He gets caught. Bang. Back elbow for Adam Cole. Adam looking Cole catches take, him. Yeah, looking to take Ricochet out, but he gets his feet up. Bang. Makes Roddy Strong. DDT his tag team partner. Makes them both look like a pair of twats. Well, Ricochet's come in. He's on fire, baby. And he drop kicks and slaps Kyle Riley. Sends him into the second rope. Oh, a lovely 6-1-9. Still think I'm a person finisher. Here comes Ricochet with a springboard in. That's not a finish. That's just a tear-up move. Beautiful uppercut. Beautiful uppercut. Going for the pin. But, oh, Kyle Riley kicks out. Uh-huh. And handsome Kyle Riley there showing his uh, heart determination. Ricochet's been a ball of flames. 
Bates in a bit of trouble. Picks him up. Is he looking for Exploder? But O'Reilly's fighting out with some back elbows. No. Oh. A lovely Northern Lights. Ricochet rolls through but gets caught in a guillotine. And that is fantastic by O'Reilly. Ricochet's got nowhere to go at the moment. But the strength of him. Look, he's powering O'Reilly up to a vertical base. O'Reilly's tugging and writhing away. Blind tagging for Trent Seven. Great ring awareness from Ricochet. And Trent Seven there. Just uh, pulling him off. Beautiful transition, getting him in the full Nelson, but O'Reilly stomps and stops it. He gets a backhander from seven. Turned inside out. Lovely suplex. One, two. Oh. O'Reilly just managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Well, how close was that? And now, Mustache Mountain, double team, but O'Reilly catches seven. Oh, what? Did Adam Cole just attack someone from behind? He just took that Tyler. That is so unlike him. He took Tyler Bay out. And now seven again. They're going to look for the finisher, but O'Reilly blocks it. Goes low for the strapped-up knee. Tags in Roddy Strong. He tags in Adam Cole. Running knee from Strong. Adam Cole. Stupid move. Oh, my God. Hits him with the inverted net breaker. Seven sits up. Gets kicked down by O'Reilly. Go for the cover. Oh, but Ricochet and Bate both in to break it up. They get deposited to the outside, but Ricochet drags Strong out. Gives him a big right hand. Bate's fighting... Riley on the other side. Now it's Adam Cole, baby. Knee exposed. Bang! He gets turned inside out by Trent Seven, and he's left a quivering wreck on the mat. He just made himself look stupid for taking so long over fucking delivering a stupid twatty knee. And now Ricochet looking for the tag in. He gets planted, but O'Reilly in to break up the count. Spinning, flipping heel kick from Bate. But he gets caught with a knee and a kick to the back of the head. Ricochets up. Bang. Turns O'Reilly inside out of a clothesline. Adam Cole with a super kick. But he gets caught with one back by Ricochet. And all men are down. Adam Cole and Ricochet have great chemistry. Don't even put them in the same (laughs) fucking sentence as each other. Adam Cole is not even fit enough. To lace Ricochet's jockstrap. Well, we're getting a huge NXT chart. Like I say, it all started with Ricochet getting the tag in. Johnny hit the pin on Adam Cole. Both of these illegal guys. And we've got O'Reilly and Bate on one side in the apron fighting. A load of yay and a punches going along all around the ring. You've got Seven and Strong on the other side. Ricochet and Cole in the middle. Bate with a knee. Bate gets hit with a knee by O'Reilly. Roddy Strong drops Trent Seven on the apron with a... Ricochet rolling through, clotheslining Adam Cole inside out. O'Reilly and Fish. Oh, Ricochet, my baby! Well, it's strong and O'Reilly missing that. Ricochet catching Boom. the boot of Adam Cole. Ricochet planting Cole. He lands in a very prone position. Come on, my son. Finish him. Ricochet going all the way to the top. He hits his 630, goes for the cover. Oh, for fuck's sake. And Kyle O'Reilly pulls Adam Cole out. Kyle O'Reilly got caught by Ricochet. Bang, Ricochet flies through the ropes, takes him out. Well, a look on O'Reilly. Oh! But Roddy Strong catches Ricochet, turns him inside out on the edge of the ring apron. Throws him back in the ring. 
One, two, three. Adam Cole defeats Ricochet. <laughs> He doesn't really though, does he? He does though, didn't he? Like he pinned him there, really though, didn't he? Though, like, didn't he? So Adam Cole was beating well, Ricochet. Well, what I'd like to say is that was a great effort from your guy EC3, who um hasn't shown up on another episode of NXT. Well, don't, he you seems... might as well call him Brock Lesnar. He... The amount of time he shows up on screen. Don't take my man. You'll have enough chances to do that in the next episode. It's EC3 versus Johnny Gagano. I'm talking about Adam Cole pinning Ricochet. Just then, we want to talk about this match. What are your thoughts? Well, it just certainly opens the door for Ricochet to have a feud with Adam Cole and take that North American title off him, doesn't it? Does it? That's all it does, though. <laughs> it doesn't, though. That's all it does, though. Well, I don't know. Adam Cole beat him pretty easily. you got to say. Hardly, though, is it, really? <laughs> I don't know if Ricochet has a chance against Adam Cole there. We'll see what happens. I mean, it was a great match, though, wasn't it, to be fair? Yeah, it was a very good match, yeah, and it kind of opens up storylines. Yeah. No, all, all, all six men put on a hell of a show, uh, put in some big bumps, big moves, and the Undisputed Era, after losing the tag team titles, respond with a victory, and they seem happy as they're leaving here. And Ricochet, like I said, have got unfinished business, and Mustache Mountain are still your NXT tag team champions. So it's not all bad, I suppose. But, Dan, <laughs> take a chill pill. Yep, so it's July 4th, episode 457, our next episode... Of NXT in a... Mauro Ronaldo acknowledges the US holiday. Percy Watson slash Jackson and Nigel McGuinness start talking about our first matchup. And that is Dakota Kai defeating Santana Garrett via pinfall following her flip over lung blower. Handshake before the lockup and things start technical as they trade control on a wrist lock. Then Kai and the fellow May Young classic entrant each get a better of a speed exchange. Garrett gets a near fall and locks in a submission focusing on Dakota's arm. But after blocking an attempt to draw Jacker, Kai hits a step up in security. A usual flurry of kicks follows and then Team Kick Captain manages to win it. We see footage of EC3 and Johnny Gagano entering the arena. EC3 is smiling and high-fiving fans. Johnny looks angry and walks past everyone. I know, what a horrible guy Johnny Gagano is for not doing that. At least EC3 does. Tucker Knight notices Doze Richard in the weight room when Dozer goes to check on their stakes. He hears a crash and runs back to find Tucker holding his ankle but some weights as two men scurry off in the background. Well, Shayna Baszler enters in street like Everyone kept asking her how she'd handle someone like Nikki Cross. When the dog goes rabid, you put it to sleep, she answered. That question in Chicago. She's the most dominant force in NXT. She knows the fans want to ask her so the champ runs down the options. Bianca Belair, Kari Sane, Candice LeRae, who should probably stay home and take care of her husband. They are all have it, they are having a second NYC just to find someone to challenge her. But it doesn't matter who they put against her. We'll hear and still. And you couldn't be more right, Dan, in what <laughs> she says. She is the most dominant woman in WWE and you know long may her reign continue I jumped on that band I started that bandwagon for Basler all the way back in the May Young Classic so she can't have a go at me about jumping on board she's so dangerous and I don't know who's going to be next in line I can't see anybody and you're rolling in that bandwagon on your own because you're the only one that supports her in this room well Ronaldo reminds us about only Lorcan's injury then throws it to Kathy Kelly with Danny Birch she asks his thoughts on their loss at TakeOver and for an update on only 
Chicago was a culmination of 25 years of hard work. Injuries happen, but they're going to get back in the mix for the tag titles. Undisputed Era rolls up and tells them to get to the back of the line because next week they're invoking their rematch clause against Mustache Mountain. Birch reminds them about his success against them over the past few weeks and Alan Carl asks where their big heads have come from. He thinks it's from when he gave only a North American title shot. Danny wants to go one-on-one with Cole too. The Panama City playboy laughs in his face but accepts... We get a War Raiders hype video followed by a recap of last week's Alistair Black, Tommaso Chomma promo duel. And then we will learn that Chomma gets his NXT title shot in three weeks. The mighty defeat Heavy Machinery. Well, Otis Dozovic via pinfall. Dozer goes it alone to avenge the injured knight and, ta- and his strength lets him take out Nick Miller and Shane Fawn pretty easily at the outset. Eventually, Miller feigns an injury and Fawn sneaks behind the ref to pull Otis to the floor by his hair. He survives the double team for a while and, uh, and gets to a nice crowd-pleasing comeback after reversing a tandem suplex to throw both Aussies by himself. That leads to a caterpillar elbows on the mighty, but Miller pulls Thorne away from a Vader bomb. Nick pushes Dozer into a lariat from Shane right to the back of his head, and that is all she wrote. A bikini-clad Bianca Belair cuts a promo from a honeymoon yacht She's heard about the rest of the women's roster lobbying to be number one contender. She runs them down just like the champ did. Then decides she's just going to enjoy her honeymoon and let those other girls have a chance to catch up to her undefeated self. Interviewers catch up with Kari Sane, who says she's heard what Vanessa Bourne said, out her, said about her. She thinks Bourne should focus on fighting. She plans to make her walk the plank, then go after the trade title. That match is next week. We also see a tweet from General Manager William Regal making Cole versus Birch official. During the entrances for our next match, the announced crew reminds us that Dream walked out on EC3 in London, and I'm still not happy about that. Velveteen Dream was just cutting his cords with someone who's uh, a loser. Well, Vel- anyway, we'll leave that as it is. The Velveteen Dream defeated Chris Dijak via pinfall following a DDT. Diak tries to trash talk with his your eyes catchphrase after winning an early test of strength but Dream shushes him by putting a finger on his lips. Velveteen lands a few more shots, but that seems to piss the bigger man off. Diak hurls him all around the ring, but Dream fights back and hits a neck breaker and a leg drop, but can only get a one count. One. Diak survives a chin lock and gets a near fall of his own. Of his own. After a flurry of strikes from Diak, Dream is sent to the floor on a spinning boot, but Dream recovers as Diak and slingshots him via his leg into the ring steps. Velveteen slides in and ends it. Well, EC3's entrance starts before Dream is done celebrating in the ring and they have some hard stares for one another. But Velveteen Dream leaves the ring and backs away with an incredulous look on his face. The tag champs are informed. Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly are invoking their rematch clause. Trent Seven and Tyler Bate look forward to proving Undisputed was wrong to treat them as jokes. They beat them in clean in London. It's only fair they do the same in the States. The match will be next week. And we'll also learn that NXT champ will be on that episode live. So up next is our main event. We've seen EC3 come out here. And now it is Johnny Gargano coming out. And he's been serious all night. Uh, but I don't know. EC3 is my man. And like we say, he wanted the challenge. He's going to get one. If he can beat Johnny Gargano, I think... Don't call me Shirley. He's next in line for an NXT title. Yep. And it could potentially well be Chomper he's facing for the title belt. 
I mean, what a great story, though. I mean, I love EC3, but what a great story of Gagano winning the NXT title off Chumper. I know your man would be in trouble and my man here tonight, but I think that's the way it could go. Or Chumper gets the ultimate victory of sending Gagano into this person that he is. This is not the same Johnny Wrestling that was a year ago, was it, you know? Well, no, as you, know, as you mentioned, during the entrances, EC3 was high-fiving high fans, being a facey kind of place. And Johnny Gagano just ignored everyone to get into the arena. Yeah, and uh, Johnny Wrestling, like I say, his demeanour's changed. He's going straight off the off to EC3 with a forearms. EC3 tries rolling out the ring to escape, but Johnny just follows him <laughs> straight out and starts raining away some more. Then EC3 gets back into the ring. Gagano follows him, and EC3 uses the upper hand to just get him in a headlock. Yeah, that's what we want to see. Try and slow Johnny down. He's, a, he's really angry. He's still not finished with Chumper and the power of EC3. And he's just superhero-like in his look and his ability. But he gets caught by Gagano. Is that a Lufez Presler? And Gagano with a chops and a punches. I don't think he's trying to wrestle the move yet. Maybe he sees Chumper's face on EC3. And he's chopping him down. But EC3 reverses Gagano. <coughs> it was like a Russian leg sweep, trip, head neck breaker, head down, move first. Nailed it. But he didn't go for the cover. Easy Free's not happy being de- disrespected by Johnny Gargano. Let's just take a moment to realise that EC3 is actually going against someone who is effectively a cruiserweight. Let's just let oh, you're gonna you're gonna discount someone because of their size. Of the I'm not discounting so anyone because you of their are size. you are you're Johnny you Gargano. Know. Like with Ricochet, should we say when he wrestles? Oh, we he, remember he's only a cruiserweight size. Exactly. And, no, you shouldn't. But know. he's punching above his weight. Johnny Gargano is punching above his weight. No, he's Johnny Gargano for me in my eyes is the main event in NXT. If you don't see Gargano, how many welterweights have you seen go toe to toe with? If you don't see Ricochet and Gargano that way, then you know that's, that's down to you. I suppose you are right. Lars Sullivan did destroy Ricochet a couple of weeks back as well. So I can see where you're getting. But no, Gagano needs that Wasn't credit Ricochet to Wasn't Ricochet halfway through a match? Yeah, <laughs> Ricochet. Yeah, but then he had the handicap match he lost to him. I'm not going to go through it. We talk about EC3. Like you say, he is dominating Johnny Gagano at this moment in time. He's a cruiserweight. Using his power. Using not? his experience. Using his strength. This is EC3 that we all know about. And mark my words, NXT will be NX3. And that's just the way it works. My men always come out on top. And EC3 is going to... Maybe it's a longer road than normal, but he will be champion. I mean, he looks like a champion right now. Gagano, I'm sorry, but is it my man that's currently on top? Uh, yeah, now. After beating my man, who was on top? Oh, just jump Who beat your man, who was on top? <laughs> who beat my man, who was on top? So <laughs> don't say that my men don't come out on top. I'm not a man. My other man, Buddy Murphy in NXT, is doing <laughs> quite well After on 205 Live. And Gagano fighting out this submission. You just pissed off Adam Cole beat Ricochet last week. That's all you're still annoyed about. I won't bring it up again. That's Gagano, Irish Rips, EC3, who reverses an impressive back elbow there by Ethan Carter III. Gagano struggling to get to his feet in the corner. EC3 just squashes him. I guess it was the EC3 splash. Snapmare takedown. Now this nerve grip. Oh, this is dead. This is paralysing Gagano at this moment in time. Deadly Derek Bateman. He is. Ba- he's Bateman, bruv. And EC3 there slamming Johnny Gagano down. And he's out of breath for slamming someone. He's not out of breath. Would you stop being so negative? <laughs> EC3. It is over and done now. 
beautiful elbow drop. I didn't think this was going to be this easy. This is a bit like England versus Sweden. Didn't think it was going to be so easy. I don't I'll take it Johnny Gagano is playing a part of England. <clears throat> no, no, he's not. I don't. Uh, well, either, I'm just glad this is the last NXT match that we are watching. Because you're the foul mood, sir. And hopefully when we come back for the August WNet review, we'll have an NXT title, tag team titles on the line as well. So Gagano's fighting out here. EC3 tries to deposit him over the top, but Gagano lands on his feet, hits a step up in Seguri. Oh, springboards his way with a spear, taking down EC. Johnny's getting fired up now. He's ready for this one. Suicide dive takes out EC3. Oh, and Eva Gala third falls back on that steel ramp. And no matter how muscly you are, that's got to hurt. And he is very, very muscular. Gagano's back in, though. He's got a different look on his face. EC3 dodged it, though. Yes! Runs through him with a clothesline. And that's oh, it. Oh. But Johnny Hart wrestling. Winky face. Gagano manages to kick out. Ah, I'm disappointed. That was a clothesline from the depths of hell. And Gagano getting the shoulder up. But maybe EC3 is going to put him away now. Come on. Gagano trying to fight this. The crowd are split between Gagano and Ethan Carter third. EC3 fighting back. And Gagano is as well. Here we go. EC3's got him. We're going to try a pole driver. Gagano with a lovely step up in Seguri drops EC3 to his knees. EC3 runs in, but to a boot. Gagano off the second right, but look at the power of Ethan Carter third. Powering Gagano up. Uh oh. Oh. Is he getting caught in the Gagano escape? No, EC3 fighting it. All oh, their muscles in the world should be able to fight through. And he does easily. And not only that, but he powers up Gagano and sit out power bombs him. Well, he lifted him up as if Gagano was a cruiserweight. Oh, oh wait, he is a cruiserweight. And Gagano then <laughs> turning it into a <laughs> brilliant there, brilliant by EC3. You've got to be impressed. I can't mean anything. Come on, Ethan Carter first. Put Johnny Wrestling away. Look at this. Gagano looked at EC3, they stared at each other, and then Gagano just kind of snapped. Punches to Ethan Carter third. Now the super kick. Uh, one dropped into his knees, a second dropped into his back. And this is a different this is a different side to Johnny Gargano. He drops his knee pad. Ooh. EC3 is rocked. Oh my it's god. Like catches him on his shoulders. Come on! Hit the top 1%. No, Gagano blocks it. Struggling him down for the Gagano escape. Oh, no. And Ethan, with all their muscles, can he get out of it? Come on, Ethan. It's cinched in deep. He's using that muscular arm to drag himself to the bottom rope. Yeah, he got there. Oh, my God. Thank God he broke it. There's a damage already been done, though. Well, that is one of the most deadly submissions in the entire WWE, but EC3's got to get his... Uh, Wherewithal and Gagano go back to it. Right near the ropes, ref. Come on. <coughs> Come on, ref. Count to five. That should be breaking it. Well, he's not breaking any laws. Boom! A running knee knocks EC3 for six. Well, he's on the apron, and I think Gagano, all he can see is Tommaso Ciampa in Ethan Cartler third. We have not seen Gagano like this. He's like a man possessed. And wouldn't you know, he's getting Ethan Carter third in position 
playing DDT. A lovely variation of the suspension DDT made famous by my man, Randy Orton. Well, Gagala hit that because that was a move that beat him. <clears throat> Sorry. Can we just not take away from the fact here that after planting EC3 with that lovely draping DDT, he does get the 1-2-3 over EC3. And it is NX Gagano. Well, what's interesting about that is that move that hit on EC3 was the very move Chumper hit on Gagano at NXT TakeOver on those exposed boards to get the job done. So Gagano's got that playing in his mind, and that's what he's just played out with EC3 here in NXT. Why they've used Ethan Carter III and not another wrestler to tell that story, I don't know. Maybe, like I said, EC3 is going to take a little back step now and let this story play out. But it's interesting with Gagano. We know there's another meet with Chumper. If I was you, I'd be worried about Alistair Black as NXT champion as well because that plays into it. Um, I've not seen much from the women's division this month. Shania Baszler's had done a great promo, but so did Bianca Belair. Credit to her there. Um, the tag team division, Mustache Mountain, Unspeated Era. That's all good. We know what's going on with Adam Cole and Ricochet. Overall, I'm impressed with NXT. I think the six-man tag team match was good. I think it's, it's been a good month, not great, because we've only seen three and because we're just coming off the back of a takeover. What are your thoughts for NXT this month? Um, well, I'm confident that my man's not going to lose to a cruiserweight for starters. Um, but no, I've been very impressed with it. I'm really liking the way the storylines are developing. You can see, you know, Johnny Gagano is a man on a mission. He's not going to let it rest with him and Chompa, not for a long while. And where most feuds go on far too long, you know, they're kind of taking a slight step away from it. But you kind of know in the back of your mind that these two are going to come back together and clash again. And me, for one, I can't wait for it. No, I think that's a real difference between 205 Live and NXT. NXT's real storytelling going on at this moment in time and what they're doing. I think for me there wasn't a, the standout match was a six man tag team match, but I still feel if we're going to count two hundred five live versus NXT, the match for me was Murphy versus Ali there, and I think two hundred five live might have won it for me this month as well. Dan, I don't know what you thought. As storyline developing goes, I think NXT certainly had it in the bag, but with wrestling, I, I think it was a very even contest. You know, the six man tag I thought that was very enjoyable as far as the storyline goes. You know, seeing what's going to happen between Alistair Black and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. I'm not too sure about what's going on with the rest of the tag team division. You know, I think there's only two proper teams in there. I'm still not struck on Raw. I'm still not struck on uh, Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovic, Heavy Machinery. I don't think they're going to go too far. Uh, the Mighty Don't Kneel or whatever the fuck they're known yeah. as. I'm not too keen on them either, Miller and Thorne. <coughs> Uh, you know, from them, there's not really much else. The women's division, I think that's slightly lacking, and I'm hoping that NYC will bring in some more yeah. fresh faces and hopefully kick that into gear a bit again. Um, so five live goes. I've I've been very impressed with the matches. That I think they've gone above and beyond with them, and again, you know, the storyline going throughout that as well. It's you know, Hideo Itami wanting his chance. He's getting his chance. And, uh, you know, that would be a good match to watch. Yeah, yeah, um, You know, and the Ali Murphy storyline, I think that's going really well as well. The Lucha House Party going against uh, Drew Gulak, Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher. Yeah. 
I think that's uh, an interesting storyline. You know, I hope it's going to come to an end soon, though, because I'd like to see a bit more from uh, Drew Gulak and um, Jack Gallagher. Yeah, no, it's been a good month. Like I said, we had the UK tournament and uh, we've got Tire 5 Live brings. But like you said, we've got a lot coming up next month. In August, we've of course got SummerSlam, our live shows for that, and NXT TakeOver. We'll bring you the W Network review for August, and that will have uh, Hideo Tami versus Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight title, plus everything that's going on in NXT as well. So we'll be looking forward to that. And, of course, the May Young Classic will be following that through, and, of course, having picks. But our next episode will be the WNR 167, and it's the WWE versus WSW. It's WSW pay-per-view, and it's Bash at the Beach, 1998. Now, as a lot has happened in WCW, we'll try and catch you up with some of it, but we are going to bring you another WWE versus WCW event, uh, another episode later on this month after Extreme Rules. So we are going to try and catch everything up with two episodes, but I think this has been a good one, and if you want to let us know what you think of the stuff this month, or next month, or whenever, or WWE Network, you can contact us on Twitter, at WWE Network View or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at Journal Rollins. Across all the Google platforms, don't forget the WWE Network View on Google Plus. Send us an email to WNRPodcast at gmail.com. Yes, Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. We've got clips on there. Podcast go at the same time. They do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Don't forget to subscribe to our music maker, Diddly on SoundCloud we're on Spreaker Radio we've got the live shows NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download subscribe rate and review there but that is it and I'm going to say we've not mentioned it all episode but we have England have got through to the semi-finals of the World Cup as of recording yes we was uh, was a bit late starting our recording for this weekend and yes England did beat Sweden 2-0 uh, it was it was quite a very good performance, and we'll be facing Russia in the next round. So, uh, you no, know, if Croatia, uh, sorry, we're facing Croatia in the next <laughs> round. So, if your country's been knocked out or not in it, I implore you to support England. Hashtag it's coming home. Yeah, we apologise to Germany and Portugal and Argentina and Brazil Spain. and Spain and and like I say, anybody else that's been knocked out. But yeah, there are only four, four teams left. When we release our next episode, it may be on the World Cup final day. I'm just saying, (sighs) dreams can come true. We'll see what happens on Wednesday with the football. But I've said since day one, Germany will win the World Cup. So I'm sticking with that. Dan, you're not going to make any predictions, are you? I'm not going to make any predictions. I'm not going to try and tempt fate. All I'm going to say is it's coming home. (laughs) I've been James Bones, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. <laughs> I've said that so many times. When I edit it, it's going to sound so cool. Bye. Bye.